Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The fucking sun sucks. I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. And Rich Crage. This is the dumbest show. I cannot believe it. People pay, some people pay us $10 to listen to the show live. This is what we've given them we, for 45 we, minutes. Been doing this for 10 years. Why? Ever bigger than ever. More people listen to us than ever. Than ever. Why? And we are live here on the Flagship Podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? Yes. How are you? Good. <laughs> yes. It's not a way to respond to how are you doing. But it's one way. It's all way. It's not the way, I would say. But yes. How are you doing? Whatever. I don't care. Uh, I don't care how you're doing. So. No, no. You, you, you never care how I'm doing. Uh, well, that's no, that's not um, true. I just know not to care because you don't, you know. You would never tell me if something was, you know, really bothering you. So if I had an affliction, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't think you would tell me. No, I don't think you would. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> I guess it would depend on the ailment. Like, uh, if I'm having like boner issues, I don't know if I'm going to be like, yeah, well, you know, thanks for Actually, asking. Honestly, Rich, that's you know, the I... one I would think you would tell me. Like, if you had terminal cancer, you wouldn't tell me. I would just like, you know get on this thing and send you the link and I would never hear back and just be like, I don't know what happened to Joe. Whatever. And then TLB would have to eventually like sign on to your accounts and let everybody know that you had but like if you had boner pro I feel like you would tell me that instead. I guess you would. If I, I don't know. If I had terminal cancer, I definitely wouldn't tell anyone. <laughs> That's what I mean. You would just like one day I'd I, you know the day before I'd be like, Joe, you ready to go tomorrow? You're like, yeah, sounds good. Great. And then I would send you the link. You'd never come. You'd never sign on. I would eventually just go, I don't know what, I guess he, whatever. And then, like, five days later, TLB would have to, you know, sign in to your different accounts and have to tell people, oh, yeah, Joe passed away last night. So, I mean, I don't even know if I would tell my whole family if I had terminal cancer. It's just one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't want to burden people. I don't want people feeling bad for me. That's just, I don't think I'd tell anyone that. Um, if I had boner problems, no, I don't think. If you were like, hey, Joe, how you doing? And I'd be like, oh, thanks for asking, Rich. You know, I haven't had a solid rod in about three and a half weeks, though, uh, now that you now that you add. Like, I don't think I'd tell you that either. Um, now, maybe if I had the flu for the first time, maybe I'd tell you that. I think I'd tell you I had the flu. 
I would tell you that. If you had the flu for the first time, yeah. If I got the flu for the first time, because I've never had the flu, by the no, way. No, of course. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that. Before, <laughs> you never you haven't. I don't think you ever have, yeah. You did have the cough <laughs> that lasted like nine months, but uh, other that than that, cough yeah. was something. You know, me, <laughs> you me just and, lost I, it like <laughs> in I April, think and, I think. I think me and Meltzer were COVID patient zero. Um, yeah, no, that cough was something else. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's certain things I would tell you. I'm just. Uh, I don't know. You want me to say? It's always awkward. We've been doing this ten years. It's still awkward. I don't know how to open a show. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, we're pretty. I bad. don't know how to open a show. It, 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 I don't know how to do it. How do you? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do, is there a way to open a show? Is this the way to do it? I don't know. Are we doing it right? I'm not sure. We're still learning. We're still to, learning. I guess you just have to do that. Like, I don't know, performative, scripted, fake radio voice thing. And we got a lot of great topics for you today. <laughs> right. We're going to talk about. You know, I, I guess that's how you open a show. Um, I'm Rockin' Rich. He's Jammin' Joe. We got a great show for you in store. We're, we're yeah. going to talk about Blade all the and, Blade yeah. Job and Chair Shot are here. Yeah. We're ding, gonna... ding, 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 ding. We got yeah. like bells ringing and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to open a show. You know, I don't know. Yeah. How do other podcasts open their show? Other wrestling podcasts? I don't know. They all stink. I don't listen to them. So. Bill Simmons plugs stuff and then plays a, the same Pearl Jam song. <laughs> Um, Sounds like you. <laughs> it's like kindred spirits. There. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, um, um, Brian Alvarez says, "How's it going, everybody?" Yeah, how's it going, everybody? Um, Mentions something and then goes, "Dave, <laughs> ratings." <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and see, Dave doesn't have it. Like Dave doesn't have something he does to open no, the show. No, no, just, no. So we're not alone in that. I mean, I just it's think awkward. It's weird. Yeah, it's never. There's never a good way to do it, especially when you're do, like, if we were only doing it like our shows, maybe then we would have to like really cut to the chase here and be like, all right, uh, Joe's here and I'm rich. Let's talk about stuff. You know, we get right into it, but we got enough time to fuck around for a little bit. So until we, yeah, we desperately run out of time and then have to squeeze seven topics into the last forty minutes, yeah. which is fine. Well, I mean, we don't have a boss. We're our own boss. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So that affords you the ability to not know how to open a show. Um, I'm just trying to think of other podcasts that I listen to. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, does anyone know how to open a show? Not really. really. No, I mean, most of the ones I've heard, it, it, it is kind of playful bantery uh, stuff to start, like a loose topic to kind of start. And then, you know, something happens and then they'll get into the meat and, and, and potatoes of it. So I, I got to tell you, opening the show to me is the most challenging part because when I do solo audio, that's the only thing I struggle with. I'll re-record the opening 19 times. I'm cursing. I'm swinging in the air because I'm screwing it up. But then once I nail the opening and start talking. You're good to go. You're good to go. I'm, I'm the same I'm way. Yeah. One take. One take from there. Then it's no problem. And I know you've said the same thing. Like it's yeah, just, I'll, I'll be doing it, and I'll realize it's like a minute long, and I'm like, "What am I talking about? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Why am I talking for so long? Just to say what the show is, say what my name is, and get on, man." But yeah, it's like I'm like, "Hey, hey, flagship Patreon. Uh, this is the Slambury Jamboree here on uh, flagship Patreon, and uh, we're here. We're talking about Slam." And I'm like, "What am I doing? Just talk. Just go. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, it's and, not gonna be a problem." So 
And the other thing is with a podcast, they already know what they're listening to. Yeah. Like, exactly. Why am I introducing it? Think it's obvious what you're listening on. Yeah. Nobody is is especially the Patreon stuff. Like this, at least I feel the need that we have to kind of do the the, the rigmarole because there are people that are discovering us for the first time yeah. ever. There's somebody listening right now that has never listened to us before and probably will never listen again. So hello and goodbye. Uh, you should try us out though. We're pretty good. So maybe stick with us for for another hour. After an hour, if you if you don't like the vibe, totally fine. Hit the bricks. We don't want you anyway. But um, no, the Patreon one is like. Those people know who we are. They've paid us for that show. They know the type of show. They're not going to click on and go, man, I wonder if this is a Jovember to Remember or a Slamboree Jamboree. Ah, Slamboree Jamboree. There we are. Like, like they know what it is going in. They know who I am. They know what it is. They know what year I'm covering. It's all very obvious, but yet we still feel the need to to, to clue them into it. Um, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, Um, for Jovember now, I kind of have... Not a scripted opening, but one that I kind of repeat almost word for word just to make my life easier. So, like, I'll listen to the last one and see how I opened it. And then I make sure I open the next one the same way, like with the same kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's not technically scripted, but it helps me avoid the 19 different attempts to start it and then getting mad at myself and then starting over again. And then I close it the same way, too. That way, at least, all right, that's pattern. That stress so is, I don't is have gone. To... You don't have to worry about that stress anymore. Yes, so, yeah, exactly. That's out of the way. And then I can uh, I can concentrate on the content. You know, um, I've been listening to the, uh, the Mike Francesa podcast. Oh, God. Because I just can't let go. And first of all, it's the most mailed-in podcast you ever heard. Like, I'm like, not surprised. Yeah, so it's the last third of his career. So yeah, not 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 surprised there. His contract finally ran out, so he signed up with something called Bet Rivers Podcast. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, Bet Rivers. They have a casino near here. Are they are they everywhere? They have a podcast network allegedly. Rivers so, casino. All right. I did. I thought so. I was on. There's a Rivers Casino like, not far from me, but I. Did not know there was that many of them, but oh, I see now that there's ones in Philly, um, Pittsburgh. Well, I don't know if this is even the same thing. This is no, the it is. It is Bet Rivers. Rivers. It's definitely the same one. It's definitely the same one. Yeah. So they threw him. They backed up the fucking Brinks truck and gave him a fucking pile of money to do this Dolby podcast. They're like 29 minutes long, <laughs> minimal effort. Like he talks about uh, the horse racing. Like he, it's just <laughs> the last person so, betting on harness racing in the world is. is... Like, cause he owns racehorses. So like now he's just like, look, I'm old. You're paying. I'm just talking about what I want to talk about. I don't care if anyone listens to this cause the money's guaranteed. So once a week, he has Bobby Valentine on the show. <laughs> okay. That's his big guest. But what he does is he gets, he gets Valentine on, but because he did radio for 40 years, he's still in the habit. Of like every five or ten yeah. minutes. Oh, this is Mike Francesa, Bet Withers. I'm talking here with Bobby Valentine, yeah. <laughs> former manager like, of New York Mets. It's like you don't have to. Yeah. We know, man. Valentine will finish answering a question. We're here with Bobby Valentine <laughs> on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm Mike Francesa. Like he's doing the radio yeah, reset, yeah, yeah. which is only intended if people are flipping the yeah. dial. Yeah, you like, don't need the radio right, ID. I'm, you don't need the radio ID anymore, pal. It's it's all like, right, dude. They slapped play. They know what they're listening to. <laughs> Like they know who the guest, but he's like in that habit, you know. So that's uh, that that, that just the difference between you know, like you don't need to set up the the the, the fucking slamboree jamboree because they they hit play, they they want to listen to it, and they know what it is. But 
you get caught in those bad habits, I guess. Like you have to. Yeah, I can't uh, imagine a worse existence than living to the listening to the Mike Francesa Bet Rivers podcast. But jeez, uh, good yeah, money if you working. can get to it. Good money. Good money if you can get it. No, more more like you're working stiff on me, bro. Well, jeez, yeah, dude. yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Why are you listening to that? You just can't let it go. Because I've been listening to Mike Francesa since I was in short pants in my father's back seat when I was eight years old. Yeah, I, can't I get it. Go. I get it. No, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, you know, I, I can't let go. How can I let go? Like I, I'm going to listen to him till he's dead. You know, if the content's not good, but at that point, but at this point, that's the charm, you know, because then you, you, you go online and everybody just riffs on them and, you know, <laughs> but uh, it, it, thanks for the slander. I'm Jeez, sorry. I, I apologize. That was, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was rude. That was rude. Yeah, you're really working stiff here. Jeez. <laughs> I, it was, that was quite rude. I apologize. You know, what are you, Hangman Page? Jeez, take it easy on me. God. Um. Anyway, that's how we open a show. Yeah. I, With- awkwardness and weird stories and yeah playful banter but uh yeah Uh, we do have a great show for you tonight though uh we do have plenty of stuff that we need to get to in the world of wrestling we have uh stephanie mcmahon leave of absence she was nice enough to do this before the show and not after the show or during the show or whatever so we got some time uh to to take that story in. got some 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 news and notes about that uh some stuff that people have kind of clarified or figured out about uh this leave of absence so there is some some new stuff on that uh, the Sasha Banks Naomi walkout, which now feels like doesn't that, doesn't that feel like that was like three weeks ago at this point? Because wrestling is remember, so weird and dumb. <laughs> remember when Kota Ibushi uh, talked about the fucking? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last week, right? Yeah, yeah. Talked like about that. the Yakuza, and we were wondering if New Japan would ex- would would exist anymore uh, in in a couple Re- days. Remember yeah. when MJF was unhappy with his contract? Yes, yeah, yeah. That wrestling years is ago too, right? ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. There's just always yeah. crazy stuff happening. So we'll talk about the Sasha Naomi situation. We'll talk about Stephanie McMahon leave of absence. Uh, New Japan's best of the Super Juniors tournament. We have seen it all. Uh, we're going to react to every single one of the uh, the tournament uh, participants so far. Stuff that stood out to us. Uh, stuff we've liked, disliked, all that sort of stuff. Uh, New Japan Capital Collision. Uh, that was their show in D.C. Uh, this last week. So we'll talk about that. RevPro has a huge show coming up this weekend. RevPro Epic Encounters 2022. Uh, on paper, looks like an awesome, awesome show. We'll, we'll obviously, we, we've been following RevPro uh, and, and pretty big on them for, for quite a while now. So i um, excited to talk about that show, preview that. Uh, Ric Flair is having his last match. This time for real. <laughs> I'm sure, because um, it's called Ric Flair's last match. You can't go back from that, I'm sure, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then a brand new um, wrestling company, of course, from the Authors of Pain, <laughs> Occam and Razor, uh, with the new uh, wrestling promotion that has a very, very strange card. Uh, has to have some weird money backing. We'll, we'll, we'll theorize what the hell's going on with wrestling entertainment series. And also Shinjiro Tani, uh, the latest on him, and as well as a benefit show coming up for him uh, in a couple of days. But... Let's aren't, start, they let's, the, aren't they the Legion of Pain now or something uh, They are like now that? indeed, they are <clears throat> the Legion of Pain, yes. The former Authors of Pain, now the Legion of Pain. And, and yes, this show that we're going to talk about has a lot of parentheses, FKA, <laughs> and then the name. So a lot of past WWE talent, a lot of past Major League talent uh, on this show. It's very strange. Uh, I don't know why it's happening, why it's happening, where it's happening, why people are being booked for this thing, but uh, we will talk about it in a moment. It is it is very, very strange, but uh, that is Wrestling Entertainment Series. Uh, but first, let's talk about the Stephanie McMahon news that came out earlier today. Uh, a tweet from Stephanie McMahon's Twitter account that says, As of tomorrow, I am taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time to focus on my family. So that is... Um, 
what do you make? Is that is that big news? Are we? Is it? Are, are some people overrating it or some people underrating it? Where where did you stand when you saw that news of, of Stephanie taking leave of absence? How did you react uh, initially to that? Did you see the follow-up quote? Uh, let me see. I, I don't think it. I did. Yeah, do you got, I got it? it? It just came through, yeah. Um, philanthropy is the future of marketing. <laughs> going to win. Are going to win. <laughs> yes. Are going to win. Yes. Not running out of... Uh, of characters even either just. no plenty of characters but yeah i gotta put the r and gotta put the yeah it's uh she uh, had been the chief brand officer uh, of the company of course um done a lot of things as of late but uh yeah i don't know what where, where did you what did you think about this news when you saw it is this is this a big deal or is it you know just kind of something I think it's pretty obvious what happened here. There's a new chief brand officer in town, and her name is Brandy Rhodes. Yeah, there's a chief, so. there's new chief brandy officer. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The, the um, Rhodes takeover continues, and, and I'm here for it, honestly. This is breaking news, like, right before we started. Um, so, Rich, I don't know shit. I do know that Brandon Thurston said that his uh, contacts in the company said that, uh, number one, they didn't know about it until she tweeted. That can't be good. That's great. Yeah, always good. And number two, Nick Khan is taking over all of her responsibilities, which also can't be good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, if I would, I would much rather, you know, it's something extremely funny, like Nick Khan talking Vince McMahon into offing his own daughter. I mean, that would just be hilarious. Um, I'd rather it be something like that than. She's going home to spend time with Triple H because he's having another cardiac event. You know, um, hopefully it's nothing like that. But uh, but but I also saw that Triple H just today was on an investor call. Right. So, you know, his health. You know, he's obviously healthy enough to 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 be working. So it it, it doesn't seem like it's that. With the abruptness of it and. And, and Nick Khan taking over her her job duties, and you know, it sure seems like um, this this has the possibility of being something contentious. Now, you know, we're we're doing a live show on Thursday, an hour after the news broke. So, you listen to this on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, and we're probably going to know a lot more. So, you got to cut us a break. I mean, you know, we we. It, it, Nothing is known yet. Right. Other than Every, what, everything what, we're going to do over the next however many minutes is going to be just pure speculation and pure just kind of us. Yeah, we know nothing right now. We know, like you said, everything that we know, we have just said uh, on Thursday night. We know that she's taking leave of absence. Um, Nikon is taking over her duties and nobody knew about it until she tweeted out that that's what we know for a fact. Uh, we have heard some people say that they have talked to uh, WPR and and. I mean, have they been informed? Do they know? I don't know exactly. But uh, Hunter's health, uh, according to this person, said uh, played very much a role in in this happening. So I don't know. Oh, it did. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if that person wants that fully, fully out there uh, just yet. So again, that's like, I, and again, I don't know who, if, if these people know, if the PR, if the person that they what talk is this, to. One of your secret sources? No, 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 no. It's not a secret source at all. It, 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 it'll yeah. be, it'll probably be out in about uh, in time. But yeah, this person reached out to WPR and WPR told them that, yeah, Hunter's health. Is a part of the reason why this happened. Now, again, does that look mean rich that, with the, look at rich with the sources? I'm just and does that like mean? It. But does that look mean again? That. Like you said, does no, that mean listen, that? Okay, listen, go you, ahead. Now listen, you can get yelled at in the DMs now. <laughs> this is fantastic. 
<laughs> you can get brow beaten for half a day yeah. in the DNA. This is this is great. Now time you take some heat, buddy. But anyway, go ahead. But yeah, like and again, does that mean that she just kind of looked at it and said, wait a minute, like my husband why am I not spending time with him and my family and all that sort of stuff instead of doing this shit? I'm just going to like, don't read into that, that triple H has got days to live. You know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't mean when, when health plays a factor in it, it doesn't mean that this man is on his literal deathbed. He might be for all we know. I don't know. You know, again, who knows, but it could also be just a, 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 her looking at the lay of the land her looking at her husband, all this sort of stuff and saying, you know what? This is, you know, this, it's time for me to do this stuff. Who knows? Who knows what could possibly be, you know, exactly the reason for this. Uh, similar to the Sasha Naomi thing, it's probably not one thing. It's probably not just something that happened overnight. But like you said, the abruptness of this, where nobody else knew, it's just a tweet sent out. It comes after, like, minutes after they just did an investor call. They did, an inve- like, a shareholders meeting. And then, like, 20 minutes later, she tweets that out. So who knows what is going on here exactly. But, but what we can react to and what we can definitively say Oh, so she she said okay. So the investor call was first. Uh, I believe so. Yes. So then he didn't. So that he wouldn't get questions. Correct. Mm. I'm guessing that. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact timeline. I don't know if she tweeted that out during the call or or immediately after. But I know that the the call at least was going on or had finished by the time she had she had tweeted that out. So uh, definitely yeah. not a thing that they were reacting to on on the call itself. So, but. Yeah, it's what we do know for a fact, though, is and we talked about with the Triple H thing last year or when when the hell was that now? It feels like it was 20 years ago at this point, but I think it was last year, right around this time last year, right? Cardiac event. Yeah. When did the when did the Triple H cardiac event occur? It was 2021 for sure. Yeah. Let me see. Until the uh, cardiac September of 2021. Okay, so anyway, um, little off on my timeline. But what we said then at that time is that this. This was a, people didn't make it out to be that big of a deal. You know what I mean? People did not make it out to be this monumentally huge deal at the time. And you and I came on the show and said, I mean, look at the succession plan of this company. The 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 plan that had been in place for two decades of who was taking over the company, what roles they were all gonna be in, Triple H getting his guys together, all that so you know what I mean? Like we said for year I mean, this was building up for years and years and years and years, this succession plan of Stephanie and Triple H and Triple H running the the the, the wrestling end of it, Stephanie and, and and that team running kind of the business end of it, that succession plan that had been in place since the early two thousands, basically, was blown up with Triple H going and them basically sending him home, get out of here, go away, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um That was the end of that succession plan. But now we have officially reached the point where I, I think we can definitively say that the the, the whole – I mean, if, if it wasn't blown up before with Triple H, the succession plan is blown up now, right? I mean, that, that's the idea of Stephanie acquiring this company, Triple H and Stephanie acquiring this company when it's done, or being the leaders of this company when Vince dies or whatever. That's done. Or when Vince decides he's going to retire, which will never happen, he'll die first. Like, we're done now with that, right? Like, that's over. That's gone. You know, maybe – uh, we've got, oh, look at this popping up in the live chat. Little, uh, Brandon Thurston action. He says the shareholder meeting was at 1 PM and her tweet was at exactly 4 30 PM with the close of the market. Ah, questions. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there you go. Um, so what was I going to say? Oh yeah. The succession plan. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, you know, I've always been team Vince will never sell. I don't know. 
Today you know, I changed. I, I I was gonna say that was my next topic there. Today. Oh well, then you t- then keep going, man. Yeah, I, I was gonna say today. I think I, I for the first time was like, mm, maybe, <laughs> you know, like I I don't know that like I we we we, we did this to Scott even when when Nikon had we we always said that Vince will die in his post as you know leading WWE and all this stuff and, not, and, and no sort of sale. But with this, I mean, it's no longer what this says. You know, succession plan gone blown up done forever it's also it ceased to be a family business at, at today you know what i mean like this is the day when there is no mcmahon other than vince that's that's involved every day in a power structure i mean before it used to be linda as the ceo or whatever titan sports vince as the as, as this you know then shane got old enough to start doing stuff and then stephanie obviously got old to do stuff and then you had triple a they're all done. <laughs> you know what i mean they are all, all vince done. mcmahon is the only mcmahon with anything to do with this company right now and that is where now finally I go, okay, this now ceased to be a mom and pop family business. And it did a long time ago too, but you know, they'll tell you, oh no, we're a family, we're a small business, you know, family. No, that stuff's done now. It is no longer a family business at all. It is a billion dollar company, you know, with one McMahon that's still in charge, but otherwise it's, you know, Nikon and it's a bunch of other dudes and shareholders and all this sort of stuff. If Vince slipped in the shower or his heart blew up from steroids tomorrow, Nikon would be running the company, correct? Right. So, uh, th- that's to the point you're making here. So that's why I'm kind of like, I've always been Vince will never sell. I don't know. And the fact that, you know, on every investor call, it's look, it, the, the answer is always, we're open for business. Mm-hmm. Any interview we're open for business. Now I understand you should always say that. I mean, because you should, in theory, you should always be open for business. Someone makes you an offer. You can't refuse, you know, you should never, you know, close all doors on those sorts of things, but maybe they really are open for business, you know, and, 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 and the McMahon family would be intimately uh, knowledgeable on that. And, and, you know, they've, they've got their money, they've got their generational wealth. And maybe this is the direction that Vince wanted to take this thing before he passes away. And he wants to put his final stamp on his legacy by um, attempting to turn this thing into something uh, bigger and more grander than it ever was. We all know he's always been wanted to move away from pro wrestling and and entertainment. You know, wanted to be a player, a, a bigger player in the entertain in the greater entertainment landscape than just the pro wrestling landscape. And maybe you know, Nick Khan was the first move to that direction, as that was the guy to hire. And um, and he's just giving full autonomy to to these Nick Khan decisions and. And uh, maybe maybe they will sell. Maybe maybe Vince um, will let Nick Khan do his thing and take this thing in a completely different direction than the family business. And um, and 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 Vince can rest easy when he passes away, knowing that he finally won in his mind. Yeah. You know that 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 you know maybe. He wants this to be the next Disney. I mean, I think that's crazy, and I don't think it can be. But you know, the next Marvel, the next Disney, which you know, maybe that's his goal, and maybe he thinks you know the old family business was never going to get him there, but this guy can. I, I don't know, but I'd have to think more on that. But uh, maybe that because you're right. I mean, they're all gone. Yeah. Today, today was the first day where I finally was like, nah, man, maybe he is. <laughs> maybe at least, or even if he's not actively, you know, like you said, like there, there, there's you, you, that, that 
okay, if that offer comes, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to sit down at that table. We have no family connection to this thing anymore. There's no real reason. It's not like I need it. You know, my my daughter's going to need this job or my granddaughters are going to need this job or whatever. Like, that's kind of all done. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we, we've we've kind of broken that chain. That chain that has been around in the WWF, you know, all the way since, uh, hell, it goes back to even his great-great-grandfather, right? Jesse McMahon doing stuff with, you know, promoting stuff in Madison Square Garden and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that we're now, it, it, that chain is broken. Vince is the only guy left in that entire family that still is a part of this and and yeah like it, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility anymore to me after today's news that yeah okay maybe maybe when that right deal comes Vince is now more prepared than ever to to take that offer if if the right offer comes yeah and then we'll just maybe you know the, maybe the future of this thing after Vince is gone is just a series of weird CEOs from other businesses coming in to to take turns running the thing yeah. you know um, you know, like, oh, the former CEO of fucking Netflix, uh, you know, Jim Snodgrass is now the CEO of uh, WWE, you know, and it just it just becomes just another yeah, just another you know, content factory, <laughs> you know, just yeah, yeah. with a different boss coming in, you know, you know, and maybe that's the future here. You know, let's let's have some fun with it though. If if that's the case, would would people like Stephanie and Paul? I mean, we know they have the business connections. We know they have the wrestling connections. But would they have the money to do something on their own? Start something up. I mean, they don't have billions. No. That they don't have. No, they don't. Not until Vince dies. And then even when Vince dies, it will be like Vince is sometimes a billionaire, right? Like he's not even a billionaire all the time. Right? Isn't that? Yeah. The, let me see what it, well, let me see what the recent. He may have finally gotten there to this point where he's pretty. Is he yeah, always think, a billionaire now. I think his he's... so his net worth uh, right now apparently is two point two billion. So yeah, okay, he's 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 pretty in there now. So that's pretty. Like, if the stock goes to twenty bucks, is he still going to be a billionaire? I don't know the answer to that. But um, yeah, like, what's that cash on hand for him? I have no idea. <laughs> like, you know, like you said, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't. That's... So that's got so. When he dies, that'll be split between Stephanie. Well, maybe not. Maybe it all goes to Stephanie. But that'll be split between <laughs> Stephanie and Shane. Shane's ready to, <laughs> yeah. to go to the lawyer and, and look at, get that check. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, I'm, I'm so sorry about your guys' loss. And, you know, it's it's Shane and, and you know, or what's it? What's it, Marissa? What's his uh, his wife's name, Marissa or whatever? Yeah, you know, r- you know sh- rubbing yeah. Shane's shoulder. And he goes, you know. Him and Stephanie. Hey, hey, she and used then, to work there too. Yeah, Marissa Masola. Yeah, she was a she was a babe. Good for him. Uh, but anyway, so um, yeah, she's rubbing his shoulder, and then you know the the lawyer hands the check to them both, and they go, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> Shane rips it yeah. open. It's like, <laughs> like a movie scene, <laughs> right? Like I don't know what it would be. I don't know what like. I don't know if it'd be funnier if it was like you know I don't want it to be like like nothing or like a je- you know a jelly of the month club, but it would be pretty yeah. funny to just be like four million dollars or something. <laughs> Like oh, god damn! Or he just, or he just gets like the house, right? You know, <laughs> Titan Towers, the deed to Titan Towers. It's all yours, but and, and he has to pay the property tax, <laughs> right? On it. Right. Um, it's got to go know. to Vince's pool but, house uh, or whatever. Yeah, the house at the pool. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but but here's the thing: if they sell, then they are all billionaires, right? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at that point, because you know Paul loves the wrestling, he loves the wrestling. At that point, 
you know, he, you know, maybe he's how old is he? Like fifty three or something like that. Triple so, H, Paul Levesque. If if you do not believe that he died, and he talked earlier today, so I do not believe he is actually dead. Fifty two years old. So let's say Vince hangs on eight more years or something. So this man's 60. He's got good 20, 25 years in front of him. Uh, You know, optimistically, he's got billions of dollars. He's got the wrestling itch. Does he start something? He's got the connections. He's got wrestlers that, that love him, that would work for him. You know, assuming the price is right. He's got network, he's got all the business connections. If they sell, then they have the money. To, to really do something. See, I think they're smart enough. Triple H is smart enough now to where, like, as a millionaire, he knows this is we're trending the we're trending towards this being a billionaire's game. You know what I mean? It's like I think he already got his ass beat by Tony Khan once. You know, why would you get back into the game with far less money? Right, right. And and, and lose again. It would also be like kind of the weird. I mean, he would have to just be He'd have to be a total, like, I just love pro wrestling and I don't care that I'm running an indie type of thing. Or I'm running, like, you know, a slightly above average, you know, U.S. He, he would have to be okay running the NWA or whatever. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, the optics of that well, would be kind of weird, he too. Wouldn't even, he wouldn't even just be going against Khan, though. He'd be going against WWE, which right, is right, still going right, to exist. Right. You, you know, you'd be a clear number three at best. It would have to be a total but, vanity you know, project. It would have to be a total, like, I don't care that we're losing money. Like, I, you know, I just want to do this thing because I love it. And I love it. But I, I think a lot of people I, would I look at it kind of like side-eyed if it's like Stephanie and Triple H running this, like, you know, third-tier, you know, American wrestling. I mean, that would be kind of, you know what I mean? Like, the optics of that would just be really, really strange. Well, you know, it, it would be a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, Oops. you know, you'd have to look at it from that perspective. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I might be on Team Cell now. Yeah. I might have to switch allegiances to that. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out more. Do you have anything to add? I mean, I, it's like. I really don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. I mean, there, the, the idea, I mean, I'm sure that everyone's saying the right thing. And, oh, when she's ready to go, she'll be able to be welcomed back or whatever. But, like, you don't have to tweet this out. If it's, it's, We're going to talk the same thing with Sasha and Naomi. If if this was nothing and it was just the, ah, this, ha-, you know, ah, whatever, you know, you don't tweet this out. You know, like, she just doesn't appear at that. Like, if she just didn't go to a bunch of meetings for a year, did it, nobody would really notice. You know what I mean? Like, nobody would really care or notice. And she could just tweet out random, you know, pleasantries every so often or whatever. And everybody would be totally fine and, and nobody would think anything of it. But the fact that they had to put a public face on this, that she had to tweet this out, that she had to say something, th- that adds some smoke to it. You, you know, there's something there. There's a reason why she felt to do that. So, yes, she might come back in a six months or a year or whatever. But I don't know. To me, I read this as, like, a bigger deal than just, ah, whatever. Ah, she'll be back taking a leave of absence. It's nothing. It, it She could have just taken a leave of absence and nobody would have ever known and, no, and nothing had to be said. The fact that they felt they had to put a public face to this, they had to say this, that to me means something more as a foot than just merely Stephanie deciding she needs to take the summer off to go hang out with her kids or whatever. Like there, there's, there's something more brewing there. And I, I, we don't know exactly what that is. I don't know what that is exactly, but there's something there. I don't know if that's her, you know, Looking at the lay of the land, I don't know if it's truly like horrible health issues for Hunter. I don't know what it is exactly, but there's something there because this is somebody who her job is 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 pretty kind of loose anyway. You know what I mean? Like there's not really a day to day thing that she has to get into an office and do. She could have done whatever she's doing, you know, and 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 or this leave of absence, and, and nobody could have ever known. 
there's something to this. Tweeting this out, making it public, I, I have to believe there's a little bit more to the story than, than, than we know right now or will know uh, for quite a while probably. Well, all right, what are we rooting for? We're rooting for power play, right? Oh, yeah, we're, 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 we're total takeover. I Con takeover for sure is what we're playing for here, yeah. We're, for maximum entertainment value, we're rooting for Tony Khan. Uh, not Tony. Well, that would be really now, now we're just cooking with fire. Tony Let's Khan go. takeover. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Hostile so we're takeover for... by the cons. They were in it all along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, they come out and hand. They come out and handshake. They do like the like Bischoff. They do the Bischoff. Yeah, the Vince thing exactly. Yeah. Um, but what we're rooting for here is Nick Khan power play, right? That's what we want for maximum. Yeah, I think okay. There's two. There's two things that I'm rooting for. Nick Khan power play, where he says, "Vince, your your daughter, she's a bimbo. She's got to go. She's not helping anything." And Vince has to hem and haw, and then eventually he says, "Stephanie, Nick's right. You know, like you gotta go. You know, type of thing, which would be awesome." Or what I'm really rooting for is that somehow this is related to the Sasha Naomi thing. And Stephanie is really all about women empowerment. And it's like, Vince, you cannot talk to women like that. You know? Dad, yeah. <laughs> like that I'm rooting for, too, because that would be pretty sweet. But I, I don't think that's uh, probably the case. I, I, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, again, like you said, by Sunday, we might sound really dumb and everybody will know clearly what the reason is for this. But I don't know. Well, as they say in The Biz, Rich, it is a developing story. So we will... Keep people abreast yeah. on this developing story. Yeah, what, what would the uh, Nikon power play? Like, what, what do you have in your in, in mind of, of how that all goes down to make it fun? Just talking Vince into squeezing out his own daughter. Yeah. Just cold-blooded as hell. That'd be a lot of fun. Like Chief Brand Officer. He's just sitting there looking at the books going, Chief yeah. Brand. Do we need a Chief Brand Officer, Vince? <laughs> He's like, Vince, I got to level with you. I... I I think she's got to go. She yesterday she told me she was tired, and we just can't have that. Around. <laughs> saw, yeah, she had the sniffles, <laughs> and she said she was tired, Vince. I don't know if she's made for this business. Yeah. I mean, she was talking about how exhausted she was with the kids and the cardiac event, and it's just it's weak, Vince. It's weak. She's got to go. And it's like, God damn it! You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Can't have that around here. That 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 would be the best case scenario for, be for people good. like us you know, you know if he uh, squeezed her out for imagine the happiest man in WWE offices right now has got to be other than the fact that he probably wants to blow his brains out because of what he has to do on a daily basis and get waking up at, at 2 a.m or whatever and all this sort of stuff bruce pritchard man that dude got fired by stephanie how many years ago was that 15 years ago at this point when he got let go by stephanie and triple h as a way yeah. for them to be like no you know what like Get this guy out of here. Get all this old guard out of here. Get this shit. This is our company now. It's not Vince's company. Bruce, you got to go. He gets rehired, slowly works his way up the chain to where now he's back as like Vince's right-hand wrestling guy, and now Stephanie's gone and he's fucking there. It's it's unbelievable, all because he just like did a podcast where he didn't remember a bunch of stuff and made and did Jeff Jarrett voices. Like This is incredible. What a dumb business. What a dumb, dumb business. Yeah. Ben makes Jeff yeah. does Jeff sings Jeff Jarrett songs and then gets rehired and now he's like at worst like the the what the fifth most important person in that company probably. I mean, maybe higher than that. <laughs> right? Like I'm just I'm, I'm including some financial people. Like it's obviously Vince number one, Nick Khan number two. Yeah, Bruce is at, at well, best. There's that other there's that other dude on the call. Oh, Frank the, Riddick, uh, right? Isn't his name yeah, Frank yeah. Riddick? Yeah. Yeah, that guy's yeah. more important, but uh, he's got to be up there. Did so, I have that right? Is his name Frank Riddick? 
He's the I CFO, so. right? I believe he's the CFO. Frank Riddick. Yeah. I forgot if he got fired or left or whatever. He may have already. Not been. not for long, though. I mean, Nick Khan's on a warpath here. He's gonna... Yeah, seriously. Yeah, man. Good Lord. Yeah. Told people to watch out for this guy. Yeah, you again, know, like, he's gonna... go back to the show that we did when this guy got hired. And we told you people. And, yeah. and, and some people listened to us. Some people were smart. We said, this dude means business. Like, this guy is cutthroat. He's an yes. asshole. <laughs> he comes from a different world than the family business wrestling company yeah. business. And what has he done but blow up a fucking multiple decade succession plan and has got yeah. all of Vince's kids fired? <laughs> like they're all gone. But ja- but Jamie Horowitz is there, <laughs> right? Yeah. Ah, yeah. You know, wild. Yeah, this is nuts. I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, people need to make a bigger story about this because it, it, it is years of planning and, and and constructing of what this company was going to look like for the next few decades. Is done. It's gone. It's not there anymore. <laughs> and Triple H is not ascending to power. Stephanie not ascending to power. Shane, as you said, might get <laughs> might get a lease on the Titan Towers, and that's it. Like, there's nothing. It's the well, family you know. business is done. Linda, my 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 wife at that time, Linda gone. Like, what the hell is she doing? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, look, maybe we just wasted all of our time. You know, it could be something as simple as the nanny quit. And, you know, with the summer coming and the kid's not in school, you know, she's got to tend to the children, you know? Maybe <laughs> but, again, just do that. And no, you don't have to tweet that out. You don't have to tell people that, right? Speaking of my wife at the time, how about Steph getting pictured without the wedding ring lately? Is that true? I did not know that. Okay. There is a oh, picture. Oh, let's get juicy. All right. Let's do this. All right. There is a picture of, uh, of Steph at WrestleMania. With one Brett Lauderdale. Oh, so so that's the the new succession plan is Brett Lauderdale. I'm saying, listen, co- coincidentally, oh, the picture okay, is with okay, Brett Lauderdale, okay. and uh, she, you know, her left hand's visible, and there's no sign hmm. of a wedding or engagement ring. Okay. Now, it is entirely pot. Listen, I cannot rule out that she was in the kitchen helping with the dishes or something, you know, and just you know took it off. Don't want it to go down the drain. You never know. You know, she could have been clearing tables, but she had no wedding ring on in that photo with, coincidentally, Brett Lauderdale. How do you respond to that, Rich <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, that's a juicy one. I don't know. You never know. The so Brett's moving and shaking. Is she the succession plan to GCW? Is Brett the succession plan to WWE? Like... But what do we got here? What do we got going on? That's juicy. I like that. I did not notice that or or or, or pick up. Yeah, on that, look, but that's... Google the picture. It's out there. I am uh, looking at it right now. Well, She's right now I see a Mother's eat. Day photo, and there does not appear to be a ring in that Mother's Day photo. So well, listen, no, no, no. You'll that, She's at picture. home. She's at home. That's that's fine. You know. It's with the game changer himself, Brett Lauderdale. She's making her ugly witch face <laughs> smile, and she has no wedding ring on. I'm just saying. Okay. Ask questions. There's another one. There's another uh, one with I the see. fucking. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's got a ring on the, uh, there's a ring on the index finger, but that's, that's not a wedding ring. There's one with uh, Jimmy Lloyd as well. No wedding yeah, there ring. There we go. Now we're talking. Yeah. With his Hurt Business tee, of course. I believe he's wearing the Hurt <laughs> I Business tee. I see that tea. now. I see that oh, now. Oh, you see that picture? Yeah. There you go. So nope. now we're, we can't see one of her hands in that picture. We cannot see yeah, one of the, her hands. You can so see her possible. left hand. You can see her left hand. Yeah. Not there. That's where you wear that, right? It's yeah. 
It's not optional. Like, you know, it's fucking left hand. Her name's McMahon. She's a good Irish Catholic. You put that on your right hand, your left hand. Are they are they Catholic? I just, I'm assuming. Uh, it's, sure. <laughs> McMahon. I mean, I, what yeah, else? I'd imagine. Well, I mean, he did wrestle God, so I don't know if that still applies. Like, yeah, maybe they're not practicing. They're I don't not know practicing. if they're practicing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're taking the wafer, but they're 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 in theory. Yeah. They're I, I would imagine they are indeed yeah. Irish Catholic, but yeah, not not uh, a yeah. regularly practicing Irish Catholic. I, I... And Joe Lanza Catholic. You know, <laughs> Joe Lanza Catholic. <laughs> Italian grandmother, Irish grandmother, you know, I have to say it, but am I? But am I really? Right? Um, yeah, so look, no rings. More evidence pouring Ask in. questions. Ask questions. There you go. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. This is uh, – keep an eye on this story, though. This is a, a bigger deal than, than uh, just a, a little thing. You know, this is – I'd imagine there's more to this, but I guess we're going to find out pretty soon <laughs> what's going on with that. So – um, she, she she smiles like like it's a very weird smile. Up. Yeah, I don't I don't love it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very weird. Yeah, it's very I, creepy. I yeah, it's a creepy smile for sure. Doesn't anyone has anyone told her like doesn't Paul pull her aside and listen, <laughs> Steph? I want you to take a look at something and like give her photographic evidence of these. You think he's got like, that? No, you get out of here. Of you this think... alleged smile. <laughs> alleged smile. <laughs> to... It's you know, it's not even like uh, you know, she just scrunches up her face like she's not an ugly person. No, no, not at all. But yeah. when she smiles, you know, and then but she smiles and it's like it's it's like the Seinfeld episode with 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 the two face. <laughs> Remember the two face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, in a certain booth in the diner, she was ugly. And then it's like Steph, when she smiles, all of a sudden you're like, ah, you know, you know, you don't look like the same person. You know, you look like you're, you're, you're dropping the eye of Newt into a cauldron and fucking. <laughs> eye of Newt. <laughs> that's a, that's a good a witch ingredient. Face. That's yeah, that's a good ingredient. Yeah, it's a classic witch ingredient for sure. Absolutely. Eye of Newt, yeah. right? That's no, a good no, one. You're, 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 for sure. The serpent's tongue and the eye of Newt. <laughs> eye of Newt. You know? And and then you mix it with the cauldron, you know, yeah, yeah, bubbles. Yeah. You know, you got like a black cat sitting in the corner. Yeah, that's that's what she looks like when she smiles. You know, um, an otherwise lovely looking woman just transforms. You know? Which would make Triple H a warlock if she's a witch. And, you know, it's all coming together because he kind of looks like a warlock. He kind of does. Yeah, they, they have – they do have a, a certain uh, appearance to them that is not – warlock is, is rough, but – He does. I think they're into the dark arts. The dark arts. He does like Poppy. He does something. love Poppy a lot. So that's... He likes Poppy. He does like Poppy. He does like Shotzi Blackheart too, so that's uh... – Yeah. He's into that. They might be into the occult. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ask questions. That's all. That's all we're to say this week is 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 definitely ask questions. There's a lot. A lot of imagine a new imagine a new listener saying, you know, I really need more on this Stephanie McMahon thing. These guys seem serious. They were talking about Eye of Newt. <laughs> Let me give this a listen. Oh my god! All right. So, you have anything else on this guy? Clearly not. Yes. <laughs> 
because you stretched on and on. So, all right, let's uh, let's get to uh, uh, this story that feels like it happened seven weeks ago. Um, Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out of World Wrestling Entertainment. So on Monday's episode of Raw, the women, uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Naomi and Sasha Banks left the building. Uh, originally, there was going to be a six-pack challenge to determine Bianca Belair's next challenger at the Hell in a Cell Premium Live event, I believe. Uh, it was going to be Asuka, Becky Lynch, Dewdrop, Nikki, A-S-H, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. Uh, this has eventually changed to just being Becky Lynch and Asuka. Uh, WWE pretty quickly launched an all-out assault, I would say, PR-wise, on Banks and Naomi. Uh, they had Corey Graves address it on the air and, and mention them as as summarily and unprofessionally uh, leaving the building. Definitely not Vince McMahon telling him to say those words at all. Definitely Corey Graves' actual words, summarily and unprofessionally. Uh, and then later that night, they released a statement that said, Quote, when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis' offices, with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on the desk, and walked out. They claimed they they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live television show uh, whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event. So uh, per PW Insider, Banks was upset with the creator for the planned main event. She met with Vince McMahon. Vince apparently did not alter his plans or adjust things in a manner that Banks liked. So she left the building. And uh, as as I mentioned in that you know press release or statement that uh, they both walked into John Laurinaitis' office, put their tag team titles on the desk, and then left the show. So, wow. That statement is... That's a thing, man, right? That's a... They don't... You know, they don't do that for everybody. That's that, there's something very strange with that. There is, Rich. I have to read you this. I have to. I have to read you this from the chat. Um, I, I don't. We can move forward, but I have to read this. Frank Kirshner in the chat. I had to mute because I was crying, laughing. He says, "This, this Stephanie smile is like a white woman in a Mexican restaurant. Please, she just told the waitress, gracias." <laughs> That's an all-time. That's so great. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> is it a gracias? And then, like, turns to you. <laughs> yeah, that means thank you. You know, like, like explains it, too. So. <laughs> that is so good, Frank. You rule. That is incredible. Congratulations. My stomach hurts. <laughs> Frank, that's awesome. Hun, did you hear me? I got the corn tortillas. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 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 I can't take it. <laughs> The corn tortillas is perfect too. Proud of getting the corn tortillas. Yeah. Corn tortillas. She gets the face. fajitas. She gets the steak fajitas. Called yeah. a carne asada first off to try to, you know. Yeah. And then uh, flour or corn. Corn. <laughs> that makes the face. That makes the face. Scrunches the face. 
Well, that's it for us. That was pretty good. So that's the shortest oh, flagship we've ever done. Yeah, I don't know how we can go back from that. It's, all I can see, I just see that face now. I just see, it's like the worst Tex-Mex place ever, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's the place I'm envisioning. Oh, yeah. Like, the worst, like, like Uncle yeah. Julio's or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's, just, it's not, like, authentic <laughs> at all. It's, yeah, it's, no. it's, yeah, it's Uncle Julio's or it's Chili's or something like that. Yeah. Do you guys have Uncle Julio's by you? I don't know. Is that a thing everywhere? No, I didn't know that was a chain. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know if Uncle Julio's was a chain. Well, uh, there's that. What are the chain? It used to be Chi-Chi's. I don't know. Was that a thing everywhere else? Chi-Chi's, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I remember Chi-Chi's, yeah. So it's like a chi- there's like a fountain gone. in the middle of it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Julio's isn't everywhere? Oh. No, I never heard of that. Hmm. I thought you just made that up. Yeah. I thought you were. You're, you're, no, you're no, no. I'm not being. Yeah, yikes, Rich. No, it's it's a chain of Mexican restaurants <laughs> by me. So I assume oh there was more of them because there's a lot of them around me. But apparently, uh, it's not a thing everywhere. Okay. You're reading about Sasha and Naomi. I'm 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 <laughs> muted. I'm crying. There's tears coming down my cheek. <laughs> my stomach hurts, and then I start. I figure, all right, I already laughed, so I'm gonna be good. But then I just lost it again. <laughs> Oh man! Hold on. It appears there is there there are many. Again, I don't know how close to you any of these are, but there are Uncle Julio's in Allen, Dallas, Grapevine, Lubbock, Arlington, Fort Worth, Katy, and Spring. Not near any of those places. Well, all right, <laughs> work your way over there. So. <laughs> all right, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I live in Texas. <laughs> I have Why no idea. I, I am your mother who thinks that you are, are near Dallas and also yeah. near Houston and also near That's El Paso. That's not even where yes. I'm going with that. That's not even where I'm going with that. Why would I go to Uncle Julio's instead of a million other Mexican I agree. I agree. I'm with you. I have the same problem. I don't go to Uncle yeah. Julio's that often either. But hey, you're sometimes. in fucking Chicago. Why would sometimes you, go you to have some people are. I don't know, man. People love chain restaurants. Yeah. I, I, I would love to know what would make somebody. Or possess somebody to go to a, a, a chain Mexican restaurant in, in, in a town like this, but I mean, sometimes you want authentic Mexican, sometimes you want Tex-Mex, but either way, I think I could do better than Uncle Julio's down here, right? Like, oh you know? yeah, certainly. So, you know, <sighs> but now if I see an Uncle Julio's, I gotta pull in. You gotta pull it, yeah, yeah. No, you really, no, you, you really don't. You know, well, now I gotta do it. Nah, you really don't. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, How's I, I the would. Salsa? How's the salsa? Eh. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not a it's good fine. Thing. It's okay. I, I can't. Say, it's not horrible, but it's not good. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's... Do you think they're squeezing it out of a bag, or are they really back there? Ah, uh, yeah. I think it might be coming from a. Possible. I think it's coming from a truck. Yeah. Could be coming right out of that. Right off that Cisco <laughs> right truck. Off out that of a Cisco bag. truck. Yeah. Yeah possible huh? it's very possible unfortunately but uh well every time i say cisco even though it's spelled different i have to say thong to thong 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 thank you you're welcome all right enter the dragon cisco enter <laughs> yeah. the dragon yeah it's the name of the album it was it was yeah. do you know the group yeah. that uh that cisco was in before he uh, went uh on his own? shit um i for, you know for the sake of time i'm gonna say no drew so, hill drew hill that's right was the, uh... drew hill d-r-u yeah. Mm-hmm. Hill. yeah, Baltimore's finest, Drew Hill. Yeah. Drew Hill, yeah. 
Are they Baltimore's finest? But, uh, eh, they're from Baltimore. I know that. But Did they call themselves Baltimore. Uh, I don't know if they call themselves Baltimore's finest. So just, you're calling them. Baltimore's I'm calling finest. them Baltimore's finest. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast about. Uh, uh, you might like this one too. It's about Cal Ripken and the uh, you know his his consecutive game streak or whatever. And it's all about this conspiracy theory that there was this one random game that you, you might know the, the the Cal Ripken Kevin Costner story. Do you know all about that? Yeah, where Costner fucked his wife. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, Costner fucked his wife, and uh, the idea was that like when that was all going on, that they they made up like a phony um, power outage in Camden Yards to explain why they couldn't play a game. That a lot of the players at the time are like, "What? Why are we not playing this game? Like it's fine. Like there's only a few lights out. It's not that big of a deal." So this is a podcast that kind of explores you know all this stuff about why did they? Why was this power outage worthy enough? Like who caused this power outage? They don't come to any conclusion. It's just kind of like it's a fun little story all about it. So they're interviewing a guy who was like who works at the stadium, who works at Cannon Yards, uh, and they're going through all this and they're saying, "Okay, he goes, yeah, I did this, or I was part of the light team, I was part of this team, I was doing this sort of stuff." Uh, and, and they're talking, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, you might know my son. Do you, you know the Do you know the artist Cisco and the guest or the host are like what? Cisco's your son?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah." You know of him? And they're like, yes, we know of Cisco, your son. Are you kidding? Like, Do we know of him? Yeah, he was He was like nonchalantly like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He, my son's made some music. You may have heard of him. Cisco. It's like, yeah, we know Cisco. Like, we got of that. course. Yeah, we, we got it. So, um, yeah, that that uh, that was a fun little, little wrinkle in that story. That, wow. Good podcast. You, you would enjoy that one, I think, about uh, the theory of Cal Ripken or, or, or Kevin Costner. You know, Cal Ripken coming home and finding Kevin Costner banging his wife. But uh, yeah. Now you don't want to come home and find Kevin Costner banging. No, no, no. That's a now. Now, if it's pre-Water World or post-Water World, that might make a difference, right? Because he was a much bigger star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got that revival though with Yellowstone. You know, he's he's kind of back in the mix, right? That's a big show. It is a big show. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know Costner was on show. that show. There you go. Uh, let me double check that before fucking <laughs> the the swink. I haven't seen the the swink's not in there today. I don't know what he's doing. So can't run him off, did I? Yellowstone. I hope not. No, I don't hope you didn't. Um, Yellowstone probably should have put great radio. Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. Go. Yeah, he's the star. Oh, you know who's in that Yellowstone? Piper Piribu. I was a big fan about fifteen years Piper ago. Piper Piribu. I don't know if I know. She who Piper was Coyote Piribu. Ugly, the leading Coyote. Oh Ugly. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in a lot of stuff yeah. back then around that time. Looks like she's getting some work again. Good for her. JL was a big fan of the Piper Pure <laughs> at one time. Big fan. Um, haven't seen her. I forgot she existed, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. There she is. Yeah, a little older. A little older. Um, did you see the Coyote Ugly Rich? I did see Coyote Ugly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting movie. I don't know what it is. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
won't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to go back from the Mexican restaurant thing. <laughs> Sasha Banks and Naomi, they walked out of WWE. WWE released a statement. Um, all right. So let's get to the statement part because I think that's the most interesting thing of this entire thing. And I wrote about it at FlagshipPatreon.com about um, that WWE very often, if, if you know, the talent will come and go, very rarely do people walk out in the middle of the show. That is something that Vince McMahon very much does not like if if you can't tell by these <laughs> statements and having Corey Graves you know mention them on air and all those sort of things the offensive that they have gone on that tells you that they that's not something they love at WWE they definitely are not big fans of you walking out in the midst of a show. Um, there's some other stuff about this too that I just find really fascinating with how pointed this release was and it's so strange that I like instead like all this week. I don't even know why I bother doing this, but sometimes I would jump onto Twitter and see what the hell was going on, what conversations were going on. And instead of people like actually digging into like what the hell's going on in this situation, why are two talents leaving in the middle of a show? Why is WWE burying these talents for leaving in the middle of a show? Like, let's talk about that. But instead it's like, ah, Dave said that Naomi's stupid and now oh, Brian Alvarez. It's like, why are we talking about this shit? Like, there's so many bigger yeah, things yeah. to talk about here. And to me, the second paragraph, which I haven't seen anybody talk about, to me is the biggest indictment of this entire thing. And it is, quote, they claim they, were re- they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. What that is, what that is right there is that Banks and Naomi, what they thought was a private conversation with either Vince McMahon or John Laurinaitis or whatever, talking about whoever those two talents are, we can probably assume who those two talents are, but we can make wild speculation about that. Those two talents probably know who who, who they're, who's being talked about. They know they're being talked about here, but that is what was probably to them a private conversation where they addressed issues about two of these opponents being aired out and, and okay, you're going to leave. Well, we're going to tell you that you buried your fellow workers, that you told these, you know, that you came and told us that these two people, Dewdrop most undoubtedly being one of them, right? Like there's no question Dewdrop is one of them. I don't know if I know exactly who the other one is. It's probably Nikki, but I don't know for sure, right? I don't even want to recklessly speculate because here's the thing. That's been debunked by everyone. Uh, Dave Meltzer, Sean Ross Sapp, the person I talked to somebody, and that person said that that was not the case, that that was total bullshit, that they had no problem with any of the opponents. It was 100% the booking. But here's what here's my theory on on how that ended up in that statement. I don't think WWE just pulled that out of nowhere to make them look bad. I think that they were uncomfortable with it being a six-way match and having those two people in the match, but not because like they were afraid to work with them for their safety or their health, because they were uncomfortable with the booking of the match. Right, right, right. Well, that's how I read it, too, for the record. Yeah, but people were taking it a different way. People were taking it, oh, they didn't want to work with these people. Oh, because- no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I'm thinking, and that's the reason I brought in Dewdrop, is it's probably just like, why are we battling Dewdrop for the title? Right. Like, why does that, you know, right. like, no, I don't mean that, like, Dewdrop's like a reckless wrestler or, or Nikki Ash. Nikki Ash is obviously not a reckless wrestler. Just the idea that, like, 
these people are dorks. Why are we facing? Why why are they right. challenging yeah. for the titles? Why do we have to face them to determine who the champion is? But like the problem you know. was then Sasha and Naomi ended up having to debunk it from the other standpoint because didn't something I forget? There's been a million different reports, but didn't something come out where they had this? They 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 told people they knew that they didn't have any problem wrestling anybody in the match because it wasn't. So it's like people took it the other way. Right. I think right, a lot right. of people thought it meant. But I don't think that's what it meant. But I don't think WWE cares whether you misinterpreted that or not. No, they wanted it out there, and they and 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 the reason that they're that part of the statement is there is because they want the people in the back, the workers, to think, man, these people yeah. buried yeah. us. They buried you. They buried my friend. They buried our fellow. You know, it, it's to make them look like the bad guys in this situation. To make the WWE is releasing that statement, and it's so strange. That, that you see interpretations of this statement and interpretations of this, and you have so many people saying, oh, this you know, this just proves that Sasha Banks is is, is, is a, a, a mover and a shaker in this business because people are talking about her. You dorks, WWE is releasing a statement telling you, wh- whether you interpret it or not, the goal of WWE internally is to release this statement to make you or, or make their employees or make whoever think, wow, those people are unprofessional. They don't like that. They, they they think that they're above this. That they're above the you know, titles. That they don't want to work with you. That they don't want to do this. They're they're bad employees. They left in the middle of the show. They they screwed over fans because the fans didn't get their main event or stuff. That's the intention of this. So you can take it as wow, Sasha's a mover and a shaker, or whatever. What the 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 goal of it from WPR is to bury the fuck out of these people for doing something that they thought was super unprofessional and leaving in the middle of the show with Vince McMahon hates and despises. And, 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 and he's probably even doubly upset because he got, got Sasha in the room, apparently according to PW insider and, and kind of said, no, I'm not going to change my plan. And then Sasha still said, well, screw you. I'm done then I'm out. And that hurts him. That <laughs> always hurts that nothing more than Vince McMahon, not being able to do the Vince McMahon charm on somebody is what infuriates him more than almost anything. It happened with Steve Austin all those years ago as well. That's why I wrote it at Patreon.com. Is that when he gets... You can tell when he gets super, super upset, it's because it's somebody that he believes in, somebody that he respects, somebody that he thinks is talented, and that the McMahon charm doesn't work on them anymore. And then he flips out. He's done. Because that's what Sasha did. Sasha just said, I don't... You know, I'm not... You can't... You're not going to convince me of anything. We're leaving. We're done. And that, combined with leaving during the middle of the show set them on this tirade where they could have just easily not said anything, changed the main event, done any sort of number of things to do this, but the fact that they have Corey Graves on there, the fact that they have the statement out there, this they're on the warpath here. They're on, they're on the offensive here, and the goal is to make these two, Naomi and Sasha Banks, look like the bad cops in this. Yeah, and I think Sasha leaving once before probably contributed to Vince's frustration too. And you know, so all of those things, I think, because they've never done this statement like this, like you said, and these aren't the first people to walk out. You know, this has happened like a dozen times. I mean, you go back, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ultimate Warrior, Ali, Pac, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Road Dog, uh, Sasha Banks herself. Um, you know, you go right down the line. I'm probably forgetting several. Right, right. So. And, so and probably not, numerous ones we don't even know about. You know what I mean? Where, exactly. where somebody got yeah. up in a huff and, and left. and and Yeah, and came back in an hour or came back the next week or whatever. How about half the roster on the night of Montreal? So it's not like, you know, this hasn't happened before. You know, uh, we don't have to paint these two as trailblazers and heroes because it, it was one of these two had, had done it once before. I mean, it's not, you know, this isn't totally unique. But I think all of the circumstances around this one that you noted uh, have made this – I think Vince flipped his shit, especially being 
so close to showtime and with the match already announced. And that's what led to this totally bizarre statement, which despite all of those other walkouts that we just noted, they've never done anything like this in response to one of them. Right. And Corey Graves mentioning it on air as well, summarily yeah. and unprofessionally. I mean, that is Vince. Those are Vince words, 100%. Maybe not unprofessionally, it could be any, but summarily is absolutely a Vince McMahon word. He uses that word all the fucking time. So summarily and unprofessionally. To have Corey Graves get on the air and have to tell you, oh, well, the reason why the main event's not going to happen is because Sasha and Naomi left unprofessionally and, and, and summarily. Like, that is... They'd never do that for anybody, ever. Why would they? Like, why would you even do that? But... Exactly. Why would you ever do that? There's something different about this situation, something that's got Vince McMahon really, really in a tizzy got WWE. And, and I don't know what that is exactly. I don't it's it's impossible to know exactly what. And, and you know, I've seen a lot of people speculating, oh, well, you know, oh, the tag team titles or oh, why didn't they want to win or oh, you know, Naomi was going to win the match. Why would she walk out? I, I don't know why they left. I don't know what this built up to. I don't know if this is something that's been in the in in in, in going on for for months and weeks. And then I don't know if Naomi was pissed about something. I don't know if Sasha was pissed about something. I'm not going to speculate on that. I'm not going to say, oh, they were wrong to leave because like they were going to win the match. I have no fucking clue. Look, a couple weeks ago, I, I nearly walked out of my job for something very mundane, something very stupid, something yeah, that yeah. was uh, something I do every single week. But it had been after a week of being built up and shit on and a bunch of stuff where I was just like, you know, fuck this. I don't need this shit anymore. And I had to take a walk. And I very yeah, nearly yeah, walked. Yeah. And somebody would have if somebody would have said, oh, they told Rich to do that. And he left for he quit because of that. Like, you might think, oh, wow, he quit because of that. Like, he does that all the time. No, it wasn't that. That's the reason I quit. It right, was the right. months and weeks and, 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 and years of built up tension that finally broke me. And it was that one little thing that I was like, you know what? No, fuck this shit. So, yeah, it's possible that that's it. So, yeah, speculating, oh, they left because they, I don't know why they left. They were going to win the match or, oh, they were going to get tag team title or they were going to get title shots or whatever. No, you can't do that. We have no idea what was said in the room. We have no idea how it was presented to them. We have no idea how their, you know, response to it was taken. We have no idea if this has been built up for a while. We have no clue. So, so wildly speculating on, oh man, I can't believe they left for these reasons. Like you can't, you can't do that. You just can't. Who knows? Who the yeah, hell knows I mean, what the reasons were for leaving? Yeah, this could have been the break point. And, and look, this, the, some of the reports are that, yeah, Naomi was going to win the match or whatever. But then they were both going to be used individually as pawns in in the in the singles title programs, and Sasha very much wants to make these tag team titles something important, which she did the first time around with Bailey too. So it's not like this is, you know, uh, something new, at least when it comes to Sasha and, you know, and they wanted to defend those tag team titles at the pay-per-view. And it didn't look like that was going to happen because they were going to be broken off into these singles matches. And like you're saying, this could have been weeks or even months of buildup of them pushing for this and pitching this and being told different things every week. And then they come to TV on this particular Monday and they're given this plan. And now they know that the tag team titles are on the back burner again. And not only that, but they're being used to put over the two singles champions. And then they look at each other and they're like, you know what? Fuck this. Because they're, they don't listen to us. And in Sasha's case, you can make an argument. She's the biggest star in the company. I mean, Obviously, Roman Reigns is pushed as the biggest star in the company. If you want to tell me he's the biggest star in the company, I'm not going to die on that hill arguing against you. But you can make an argument for Sasha. You know, you you look at the data, she pops quarter hours bigger than Roman does. And it's just, for whatever reason, they don't push her at that level. And, and you know, anyone who listens to this show knows that we've been talking about that for years. Like, why don't they push her at that yeah. level? 
you know, and maybe there's this thing with Vince where he just there's some kind of you know he doesn't like her attitude or you know there, he feels like this. There's always a threat of this kind of thing. I don't know what it is. That would be reckless speculation, but it sure seems like to me it's possible that she felt like Sasha felt like the rug was pulled out from under her again when it comes to these tag team titles and trying to make these things important because maybe she knows the lay of the land and she knows, okay, look, this motherfucker is never pushing me ahead of Charlotte, never pushing me ahead of Ronda Rousey, never pushing me ahead of Becky. So maybe I can carve out a niche here and make these tag team titles feel like the most important thing because I'm always, I'm just going to be given fleeting chances at the other thing. Maybe she feels like Bianca has passed her by, and it's just, you know, and now she's like, well, I can't even have this? You know, this is the second time that they're, they're not going to let me have this? You know? And if that's the case, I could totally see some of the people in the locker room thinking that she's a, quote, fucking Mark. Because you could totally see old school wrestlers thinking, oh, you really care that much about this dopey title belt? Cash your checks. You know what I mean? And I could totally see other people in the locker room being like, yeah, you know, fuck that. The booking here does stink. You got the guts to stand up for yourself. So I think that's kind of a silly fight that everybody's having too. Oh, well, you know, uh, it's like, uh, I'm sure there's people on both sides of the fence in that locker room. Why is it so hard to believe that there's people who are against what, what they did and think it's bad business? And why is it so hard to believe that there's probably people in that locker room who support her? And 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 are, and are you know are proud of what she did? I'm sure there's people on um, both sides of that argument and all points in between. Yeah, so this is TBD as well. This story again. We're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, it's kind of still a work in progress. We have no clue if they're coming back. We have no clue what the contingency plan is. We have no clue uh, what they're doing with the, the the women's tag team titles at this time. We have no clue if. One of them's coming back. The other isn't. Naomi's done. Sasha's done. Who knows what's going on with this story? But, yeah, just a, a very an interesting thing. And like I said, I, I wrote about it over at flagshippatreon.com. A lot of parallels to the Steve Austin walkout in, in, in 2002, which that one was more of he didn't show up to the building that night. Uh, and they had a freak out about it. And they had the Rock Cut promos on him. They had Vince Cut promos on him. They had Ric Flair Cut promos on him. They did a whole episode of Confidential about him. They did, you know, WWE.com statements, all that sort of stuff. Like, they went full-on assault at Steve Austin uh, all those years ago. And there really isn't another parallel until you get to this one of, like, it being so personal, like like this one. I mean, this is just a completely different animal than, than a lot of other ones. And, and yeah, it's a little bit different because it's while the show's going on. But, yeah, there, there's definitely... It's a big deal. I mean, this is this is the, the company calling out two of their you know independent contractors and like really throwing them under the bus and then driving that bus over them as many times as humanly possible. You know, and 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 in turn also saying, and hey, they buried other people back here too. They buried you. They buried you. They buried, you know really kind of yeah, full on offensive as I said. Just like WWE getting ahead of it, not even letting Sasha and, and Naomi tell their part of the story whatsoever without getting out there and saying, hey, here's what happened. Here's what that they did. And, and here's why they left. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what this ends up being. But uh, it's a, it's a fascinating story for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I I talked to someone who's you know who who knows one of the principals, and it, that night and immediately they were like, oh, it this is a booking thing. So it's the same consistent story that you know I that you're getting out of your Meltzers and your Saps. It's just that it's a it's a book. It's been a, a ongoing issue, and it's a booking thing. So. Um, you know, like you're saying, it was like your anecdote with your job. I, I, I really, you know, I don't think it was just the events of that night 
that triggered this. Right, it rarely is. It, 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 I mean, other than some, there are things, obviously, and there are situations where, yeah, one thing happens and you're like, yeah, this is done, we're over. But a lot of times it's 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 building up over time. And, and yeah, something very mundane might be the straw that breaks the camel's back where you eventually just yeah, go, you know what, and that, mundane, and, that, and that mundane thing in this case could be a tag team title defense at the pay-per-view. Right. Which is all, which it seems like that's all that they wanted. Put us on the pay-per-view and let us defend these things. Yeah. I got to be honest. I forgot they held those times. Dude, yeah. You're, I have no idea either. So I forgot that these two people <laughs> were the women's tag I team those titles existed too. Because yeah. they don't even – yeah, they don't – it's not like – you know, as someone who watches WWE programming essentially with a gun to my head because it's part of what we do here and, and I have to do it, and I fast-forward most of it because I can't fucking stand it because it stinks, I – for someone like me, it's like they have not featured those titles enough for it to register with me. Like if you would have asked me last week who the, the women's tag team champions are, I may not have been able to give you the correct answer on right. the first try. You know what I mean? I would have really had to have thought about it. And that maybe speaks to their point. Like, you know, maybe they've been just lobbying to feature these fucking things and give us a chance and it's just like right and that's something that sasha in the past has been very vocal about it as she thinks these titles should be a big deal like she very clearly thinks that they're a big deal thinks it's important and 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 the company obviously does not so yeah that they're right you know right there you have a a a clear you know delineation of like vince and 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 w creative they don't really see they their titles are fine but they're props they're just whatever Sasha's never been that way she's always treated them like a much much bigger deal and, and right there that's that's one thing that can build up tension over time and hell it built up it built up tension two years ago so and that yeah, tension probably didn't go away same, overnight like it's the same thing happening over again right. because Sasha and Bailey thought they were gonna you know take you know these new titles and make them something important and remember they put them on the iconics and oh do time, i oh do i <laughs> yes yeah and at the time we were like all right that's it these titles don't mean anything they're dead because they put them on the bushwhackers you know like no offense to the iconics but they were a comedy act they were a prelim comedy act we that lost it at the all time. the time they lost every single match they wrestled in yep people got mad at us but they were a prelim comedy act who couldn't go in the ring entertaining outside of it but couldn't go in the ring and as soon as they put the titles on the Iconics, it was, all right, now they don't care about them. Remember how excited we were about these titles? Because oh, yeah. Sasha and Bailey had all these plans. Oh, we're going to take it to all three brands, defend them everywhere. And we're like, wow, that's a cool idea. You know, one set of tag team titles are going to go to every brand. They put them on the Iconics, and we're like, oh, these titles are dead. And that, yeah, that and, now we can't, and now you can't remember who actually has them. So there you go. Yeah, and, and the Iconics, like, they're out of wrestling now because they can't, because they're not good. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like that all played out how we thought it would, and it's like um, that's when we knew, and that's just now the second time, you know. And it's almost like you know how many times are you going to touch the burning fucking frying pan, but that's a discussion for another day, you know. Um, I, you know, so it's uh, it based it's so it it might seem like an unimportant thing to an outside person or someone but like you're saying this could just be just so much frustration that it's like you know what fuck this they're using us to put over the singles champs now you know we're Caden Murdoch yeah we're Caden Murdoch now losing a handicap match to Triple H that's what we are so and you know for people who don't know what the hell we're talking about that's how they used to treat the men's tag team titles you know they would they would lose handicap matches to fucking Triple H or John Cena <laughs> right yeah the Caden Murdoch era 
You know, because Vince has never cared about that. No, he hates him. Yeah, doesn't care about him. Has him, takes the titles away, brings him back, splits him up, but but largely, yeah, could not possibly care less uh, about the tag team titles. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, again, ongoing story. We're recording this on Thursday night, so uh, stuff may come out about that, but it, it's it's weird. It's kind of died down as, as the week has gone on, which is strange. I thought it would be a story for a lot longer than it was, but uh, that's that's the wrestling business these days. It doesn't seem like it, you know. <laughs> There's just a new wild, insane thing that happens every day. So these stories like this get uh, get buried pretty quickly. But uh, there you go uh, on that. All right, Joe, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about FlagshipPatreon.com? I mentioned this summarily and unprofessionally, the uh, parallels between Steve Austin's walkout uh, in 2002 and the uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi one. That is available uh, right now over at FlagshipPatreon.com. The Thursday TV review is your review of this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Is there as well? A brand new episode of Slamboree Jamboree 1996 is up. 1997 should be up very soon as well. So it's my journey through the main events of WCW Slamboree. And you got some some juicy little news updates as well. You want to talk a little bit about what you were able to do uh, this week uh, with the news updates? Uh, this time going to uh, America a little bit more. Noah, you left Noah out of the uh, the sightlines for a week, and you went into the world of all elite wrestling. Yeah, I had some uh, updates on AEW, some new title belts they're going to be rolling out. Um, I sh- I strongly hinted that the Joker was going to be Maki Ito. A lot of people picked up on that. I didn't spoil it, but I strongly hinted at it. And then and obviously that turned out to be the case because the story went up on Tuesday. And then we got in a little little trouble with the office over there uh, when I as I reported some uh, some facts some. Uh, behind the scenes strife uh, going on at AEW, which we did get a response from the AEW office. And I did um, discuss the response on the Thursday TV reviews today. So uh, there is a rebuttal from the office uh, to that story that went out Tuesday. That is on the Thursday TV reviews. And that's on the, that's all on the $5 tier. You got the uh, slamboree jamborees going Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you know, all the, the match of the week this week, which was Chris Candido versus AJ Styles from from uh, Impact from TNA Wrestling in 2005, with a cool backstory to that one that people can uh, check out. Uh, won't give it away here, and um, yeah, so the usual shenanigans going on behind the paywall. And as we've been stressing every single week, get on the ten dollar tier now because double or nothing is coming. And there will be a double or nothing live instant reaction on the 28th, 28th, right? Yeah. 28th or 29th. I, I think it's weekend. 29, 29, the 29th. 29th. So it's on a Sunday. So we will have the live instant reaction and you'll need to be on the $10 tier to listen to that show. Whether you listen to live or the, uh, or the um, replay, you're going to have to be on that $10 tier. So if you're on the $5 tier upgrade, if you normally drop in for those instant and we have a lot of people who just subscribe for those live instant reactions um just do it now don't wait till the 28th and get three days out of your subscription just do it now and get the full money's worth if you're one of those people who subscribe for that and then immediately cancel we don't care if you do that but just get the full value get get the most value out of it as you can so uh, we've been trying to warn people every week with the end of the month pay-per-view that it happens to be this cycle that the best time is uh, right this second to get on that $10 tier. So that is the Voice of the Wrestling Patreon. There you go. Yep, flagship patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling is all that. So, all right, let's uh, move to the world of Japan here uh, for a bit. We have New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors. I have seen 
uh, all of the shows. You have seen all the shows so far. I, I, I will admit I've only watched the tournament matches. Uh, I watched a few of the tag matches uh, here and there, but I'm mostly skipping just to watch the tournament matches. Have you watched the full shows? We, we're, four, we're four shows deep as of this recording uh, as well here on the 19th. Have you watched everything, or have you just watched the tournament matches? Every match, every show. You've seen every match, every show. All right, anything stand out from the other uh, tag matches or just kind of basic, you know, tournament tag matches? Where, That's you know, the new thing. Yeah, where they set up the next night. Okay. So, so, you know, but what I find interesting um, is the crew that they're using. It's all obviously the the 20 people that are part of the tournament. But on the undercards, it's also all of the juniors who aren't in the tournament this year. Tiger Mask, um, uh, Dick Togo, Gato, Jado, Taka Mishinoku. So all the guys that normally would have been in this tournament in a, in a pandemic year. But now that we have all the outsiders this year, uh, those, some of those older guys aren't in the tournament, but they are on the tour. The only heavyweight on the tour is Tenzon. Tenzon mixed it up with juniors <laughs> on this tour. Uh, and I guess maybe some of the young lions who might end up being heavyweights later, but um, you know, so Tenzon here teaming up with Watto, uh, on Watto's off nights. Oh, from- I appreciate that because yeah, he's usually a guy that that in the past I think has taken this tournament off. Because I mean, Jesus, it's Tenzon. He's nearly broken uh, beyond repair. But yeah, I don't know. Is he doing active recovery days here? Like, is he going out there working hard or what? What's? I mean, I well, guess he's, he's probably not out there working hard. But is he doing something? Ah, he's not even bumping. He's okay. He's so he's just he's just getting free tours. He just he's sick of the wife and just wants to go around the, uh, the country for a little yeah, bit. So, he's, yeah, he's working like eight man tags and. You know, when Watto is on an off night, he works with Watto. And, um, but yeah, it's just funny because he's the only heavyweight on the tour. But yeah, <laughs> there's really nothing else of note. I mean, it's just, it's the New Japan pattern where you're booked against the guy that you're going to face the next night when you, right. when it's your block's turn again. But, um, it, it the, the Young Lion stuff, I mean, it's a broken record. All those guys look like they have a chance to be something. You know, it's, uh, Fujita, Kosei Fujita. Yuto Nakashima and um, the third guy is uh, Oiwa. Oiwa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ryohei, Rohei, wherever you say that. Uh, those are the three guys on the tour. Because a lot of the other guys now, they're abroad. You know, they're working, you know, they got a couple guys in Rev Pro that we'll talk about later. Um, you know, they've got a guy, they got a couple guys in the LA Dojo, Ren Narita still bouncing around. So these are the current, this is the current crop of Young Lions. But yeah, there, there's, uh, that that about sums up what the undercards have been. Okay, so uh, as far as the actual tournament itself, I think the best way to do this is is we'll, we'll run down the blocks. I'll talk about some of the matches, talk about some of the performances for each of the guys, uh, more so than kind of breaking down night by night or whatever. That could get kind of exhausting. So we'll start with the well, A block. Give me, oh, uh, yeah, give the give the current standings for the live listeners. Yeah, then- we'll we'll do that because yeah, again, this is four nights into the tournament. This is on the nineteenth, I believe. Forget when the next show is going to be, but a lot of this might be out of date in terms of the actual you know point totals or whatever but no, we're uh, up to date are we okay when is the next this one is, uh, well i know we're up to date but when's the next show I, I don't know i think there's one like tomorrow or something like that so we might so be. i'll give you the next show hold on so we're four nights in uh we're through the 19th the next show is the 21st so there's okay not another ah, so show. we got a little bit of yeah all right so we'll, we'll be relevant for a bit sometimes we do these shows and then like seven hours later they're running a show but that's not no, bad no, we no. got a few days so, here, so 
the live listeners and then anyone who listens over the next like 32 hours is going to get accurate standings. There you go. All right. So the A block, there is a four-way tie at the top. Ace Austin, four points. Hiromu Takahashi, four points. Alex Zane, four points. And Taiji Ishimori, four points. So uh, we'll start with those guys right there. Uh, what have you thought of, and, and particularly Ace Austin and Alex Zane, obviously two outsiders coming in, uh, two people from, you know, Alex Zane, very, you know, good indie tenure, signs to WWE, uh, has uh, so-so WWE tenure. He's on excursion, they, they called it. Like Chris Carlton, Charlton called it a WWE excursion. Uh, but he's yeah. back now doing stuff on the indies, doing stuff with New Japan. Um, he is there. He's got four points. And Ace Austin, obviously representative of Impact Wrestling. I think they even say uh, from Impact as, as, as they announce him. But uh, both those people at, at four points, uh, four nights into the tournament. I think uh, both of them been pretty impressive as well. I've been, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, both, you know, what Ace Austin and Alex Zane have both done. What, what have you thought of them? The commentary, Kelly and Charlton were so funny during that Alex Zane match because Charlton with the, the little side swipe, like you said, claiming he was on excursion, little WWE excursion. And then Kelly going on and on about how Zane now had to get back in shape for real wrestling. You know, he's got to get back into it. was very similar to the Corey Graves ring rust comments that he made about uh, Cody Rhodes. So uh, that, that was funny. But, um, you know, the A block, the first night, all the newcomers won. Ace Austin, Alex Zane, Francesca Akira, right? And it's funny because then the first night of the B block, the first matchup is with an outsider, L. Lindemann, and he loses to Dookie. And it's just like, are we sending a message to Gleet here? Because all these other outsiders are winning their first match. And then it's not just the guy from Gleet, but it's their champion. And he didn't just lose. He lost to the lowest ranked guy in the block. I thought that was very, yeah, that, that was definitely something I was just like, all right, well, Lindemann's definitely, oh, no, Lindemann lost. Okay. <laughs> it was very strange because, like you said, and those some of those guys got wins over, like, pretty big opponents as yeah. well. Like, guys that, yeah. that you definitely thought, it, it was definitely, like, eye-opening, like, oh, okay, like, that's where they see these guys, or at least in the early part of the tournament, that's where they see these guys. But yeah, like, you know, Ace Austin getting a win over Yoshinobu Kanemaru is like pretty interesting to me. And like show, uh, you know, Alex Zane beating show, that's, I mean, I was like, whoa. Akira, Akira beat show. Yeah. Alex Zane beat show on the side, but you're right. Alex, Alex Zane beat show. Too. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Akira, yeah, yeah, I mixed those two up. But yeah, the, both of those were kind of like, oh, wow, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, that's a pretty. So what they did is like that first night of the A block, what they were telling you is, okay, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, and Francesco Akira. They were telling their fans, these guys are players because they gave all three of them wins, right? So, and like you said, then Zane won his next match two against Show. So Zane, you know, won, won, and, and Ace Austin is 2-0 and now, you know, and Akira, he lost, he lost in a main event to Hiromu. So there's like no shame in that, right? But then in the other block, Lindemann loses to Dookie. He didn't just lose, like he lost to Dookie, you know, which number one tells me son. Okay. Lindemann is in the big leagues now, first of all. So, you know, Gleet, you know, he's the champion. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a I I got I'm gonna make you watch Gleet this week. There's a match that you need to watch, but we'll get to that when we get to L. Lindemann. Uh, listen, more, I think what they should do here is take Lindemann, send him packing back to Gleet, <laughs> and, and have Taka take his place. Because it's very clear that even the Gleet world champion cannot hang with the uh, bottom of the new Japan roster. I think that much is clear at this point. Uh, established. Kevin, well well established. Yeah. So, you know, I love El Lindemann, but he's not ready for the big leagues. And Gleet, very clearly at this point, is uh, is not the big leagues. So that's what I took away from that. But, uh, but yeah, the newcomers, look, I think they've all looked good. What this match has been, what this tournament has been lacking after the first four nights 
is the one great match that like everyone can rally around and say, all right, everyone's got it. They, they, there hasn't been one of those yet. It's been, uh, what, 20 total matches so far? It's been 20 really solid matches. Yeah, that's, that's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, there's nothing... There's one or two matches that I could say like, whoa, I really like that, but nothing that's like, oh my God, go out of your way to watch this. If, if you are just kind of jumping in. But like again, everything I think has been pretty good. Like There's nothing I could say on the, on, the, on the flip side of that. There's not a match that I've seen that I would say, yeah, you could definitely skip that one. There's some stuff that I haven't really loved. We'll get to you know a few matches here and there, but most things have been solid as fuck. Like you said, everything's kind of landing in like a three to four star range, which... It's fine, but yeah, it's not maybe the most exciting tournament, but it's definitely pretty fun. It's it, I, I've enjoyed. I felt like I haven't wasted any of my time, but I definitely haven't been like, whoa, oh my god, like that match is awesome. That you know, there's been individual performances that I've really, really liked, but yeah, n- not there hasn't been a single match that's really to me that anywhere near like a must much watch or anything on that level. So no, but there's been you know nothing's been lower than like three and a quarter, and nothing's been higher than like three and three quarters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, there hasn't been a single match I've watched. Well, I can't say that. Can I give you one guy who I just I have absolutely zero use for? Uh, does, this, in does, my life? does the name start with uh, uh, Y and then end with O? No. Damn it, because that's my guy. Mine's Taguchi. I've had it. With oh, two he years. stinks. I, yeah, he's done. We're done with it. I have no use in my life at all for Rusuke Taguchi. He can just go away forever. I just I can't. It's like he's obviously had a very good career. Um, you know, he he can still step up and have a great match if he has to. We know that. You can't sleep on it from that perspective. But this gimmick where he's like pulling down his underwear and yeah. putting his ass in people's face and you know, I, I can't I can't. I'm just so over that guy. Um yours is yours is uh Ishimori. Uh yo, mine's yo. Oh, yours is Yo. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting. And I, I used to love Yo, man. He's fucking boring as hell. And I like he's that. Very dull. The, very I dull. like that the character is now that he's dull and boring because they're like, all right, man, we're yeah. just gonna lean into it. You're dull and you're boring, and that's what your character is. But it's like, I don't love that character. It didn't work for Lance Storm. I don't think it's gonna work for Yo. The hey, this guy's really fucking boring. That's the story that they're kind of portraying here. And uh, I'm gonna say I don't think it's gonna work. I, I don't love that story because. It is the problem is when you do that. This guy is boring. It's usually supposed to be this guy is not boring, but when they're actually in fact boring, and you say they're boring, then they're just boring and kind of mundane and, and, and terrible. And yeah, that Yo Ishimori match, twelve minutes of my life that I I, uh, I don't think I'll ever get back. It wasn't brutal, yeah, but it wasn't know, good. It was definitely. Yeah, I hear you. Like I, I I mean I thought it was okay, but did it knock my socks off? No, I mean I can't say I can't say that. I think Kanemaru has done really good work with Zane and Austin. Um, well, Austin, who do you wrestle on night? It's you know you get confused. Yeah, yeah he I wrestled. Forget. Yeah, Nate, I th- right. Yeah, I th- he wrestled Nate and Austin. Yeah, he re- he wrestled both of them. I forget what night he did each, but yeah, yeah. He's I thought I think um, if we're sticking with a block for now, I think uh, Zane Austin and, and I guess Akira. Uh, he's got I guess we didn't. He's got two points, right? So those four guys have four points, and Akira and Yo have two. So when with Akira. My, what I, what I was really curious about coming in is if he would f- look like a fit for the New Japan roster, because the New Japan juniors, especially with all these really talented outsiders, no disrespect to all Japan, it's just a different level of wrestler. So um, he's to me, he's fit in. I, I I haven't had any problem with his performances either match. I thought he had a good match against Hiromu. I thought he looked good on night one, and he doesn't look out of place. 
He doesn't look timid. He looks like he, it looks like he feels like he belongs and that's coming through in his performances. And, um, uh, from that standpoint, I've, I think he looks like he's a fit. What do you think of Akira so far? No, he's been really good, and, and he definitely has a different level of. There was that worry that he would like. How would he take confidence wise? Because he's in this like he's in this group where yeah, you have to kind of have a certain look and a certain approach to it. You know what I mean? Like he can't be fiery babyface Akira. You know, in, in all Japan, he was just happy to be here, Akira. You know, Francesco, he's got to be. He's got to have a little edge to him. He's got to have a little bit of. You know, he's got to have that confidence. He's got to be oozing with charisma. That's kind of what the, the that that whole group is. And I think he's done it quite well. And I think the work, he's definitely acclimated himself very well to the work. Like, is he going to be the top junior in the company in terms of work-wise? No, I don't think so. But I think he he's, he definitely settles in near near the top or at least definitely towards the top of the middle, uh, you know, you know, if that makes sense. Like, he's not one of the worst juniors. I don't think he's one of the best guys there, but I think he's definitely acclimated himself very well. Uh, I think he's going to be fine from the work department. Uh, the charisma and 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 kind of look and feel in that department he's he's got so yeah I I was a little worried as well I was worried that he was just gonna not really take to the character but he absolutely has so he might be another one of those guys that's like you know good wrestlers will can, they can do everything great wrestlers can do everything and we never knew that Akira could maybe be this good at kind of being an asshole or whatever and he's pretty good he's not like a full on like total asshole but he's got a little bit of edge to him he's got a little bit of he's he's, he's smug he's a little bit of a prick or whatever and i think he's doing it well he's it's working uh for yeah. sure with him so yeah I, I i'm very impressed by what i've seen so far with him he could evolve a bit with the character stuff but oh it's, it's early ring, yeah it's it's super super early his in ring he fits right in um you know rich 23 years old yeah, that's that. I can't believe he's still only twenty. I feel like we've been watching him for like five years because we have, but I still can't believe, still can't believe that he's 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 that. He was young. a good discovery. He was a good discovery in, in all Japan, and you know, and, and he ended up getting the right eyes on him after that. And you know, he did that little pit stop in Rev, and and Osprey took a liking to him, and and now here we go. You know, and what have we been saying about United Empire? You know, we said okay, they need juniors, and then okay, TJP. Okay, well now TJP needs a tag team partner. Okay, and and now here's this guy. So. It worked out perfect. His debut when he came out with the lighter, that was a little goofy. And that's why I was like, eh, let's see how he looks in the ring. But he's been in there with, you know, Hiromu and didn't look out of place at all. And he was in there with Sho, who's another top guy in that division. And he didn't look out of place at all. Um, so from that standpoint, uh, so far so good with uh, with Akira. So um, he's got the two points. Yo's got two points, and then uh, it's Show who started off 0-2, putting over some of the new guys. He'll he'll get in the mix by the end of this thing. Remember, he faces Yo on the final night, so you figure that match is going to mean something. Kanemaru, he's putting guys over. You know, he'll probably have four or six points by the end of this thing, but he's having good, solid matches. And it's interesting that they put Ace Austin and Alex Zane with Kanemaru early, almost like, okay, we're going to put you in here with this veteran guy who's going to make sure you don't get ahead of yourself. He's gonna he's gonna ground the match. He's gonna work it around a limb. You know what I mean? It's, you almost feel like that's by design. You know what I mean? It's like he's gonna make sure you guys have good, solid performances right out of the gate. And then Taguchi has no points, and then Connors probably won't win any matches. So those those four guys are are uh, are sitting at zero right now. So any other thoughts on the A block? Uh, I will save. For the A block, I, I I'm not fully, and this kind of extends. We'll talk about it a little bit with uh, with, with Capital Collision or yeah, Capital Collision. Uh, the 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 crop of kind of New Japan strong young guys moving up the the chart or whatever. 
Uh, the looks on some of these guys is a little rough. The the Clark Connors. Okay, well, what do you think about you don't like Clark Connors? Uh, it's it has the potential to be good, but right now it's kind of bad. Does that make sense? Like I want to like it, and I think I eventually will like it, but right now it's kind of weird. I I don't know. Am I a bad guy for thinking it's a little weird? What about Coglin? The Co- the Coglin thing, yeah, that's brutal. The RoboCop thing. The RoboCop thing is so brutal. I, I I'm gonna give it a chance because I haven't. You know what I mean? I like. Yeah. I want to watch it in practice, but it is. It comes off kind of corny, like uh, in, not kind of corny. A lot of corny. Yeah, Connors though. I, I I don't know. I think he. I I don't have a problem with his look. Um, let me ask you a question. Did you see? I I, I don't. I know the answer. Did you watch AEW Dark this week? I did not watch AEW Dark this week. No. Okay, there was a ten man New Japan Dojo versus QT Marshall and all his boys, and it got a lot of time because you know they're obviously doing that feud. Um, and then there was a really, really good Wheeler Utah versus Josh Woods ROH Pure match. Um, it really okay. wouldn't be, it really wouldn't be a waste of your time. It's an hour and a half, and both of those matches are second and third from the top. Okay, sounds up my alley. So they're easy to find. Just go to the last half hour. You can blow off the uh, Swerve Strickland Keith Lee versus Chaos Project main event just to squash. But um, those two matches are definitely worth your time. Connor's, I mean, you know, he looks good there too. Like, and that Kevin Knight looked good, and and uh, you know, so I, I like that LA Dojo verse. And I guess we'll talk about that when we talk Capital Collision too. So maybe I'll save the rest of those thoughts. One more quick hitter on the A block, and we'll move on. I know we're giving oxygen to like a half a dozen dorks. I, I know that's what we're doing, and I apologize, but do we really have to make such a big deal out of Akira basically doing? A modernized version of Honky Tonk Man, Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Is, it, <laughs> is this know, really I a move that's going to destroy saw, pro wrestling? I saw that and was like, God damn it. Like, what are we doing? It's just a front face lock neck breaker. What are we – what's the big – like, what's so horrifying about this move? And I understand it's a half a dozen dorks. I get it. But what are we doing here? Like, I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, he turns it, – it, it's basically, if you haven't seen it, he sets it up like the old honky tonk man, shake, rattle, and roll. But instead of a half rotation where the guy, where the opponent lands on his back, he rotates the guy all the way around and smashes his face into the mat. I think it looks like it hurts. Like, I could see having problems with moves that don't look like they hurt because sometimes I have problems with moves that look like they don't hurt. I'm, you know, my biggest problem is when there's moves and you can't tell who it's supposed to be. Right, yeah, that's a classic, like, like all right, who's the <laughs> who's, who's got, taking the damage? Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. But he basically does a shake, rattle, and roll, but he turns the guy violently and quickly in a full rotation and smashes his face into the mat. I think it looks pretty nasty. I think the problem people have with it is Akira does it like a little flippy do too. Like mm-hmm. when he turns the guy over, he does like a twist. His momentum, but it, I think it looks cool. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, so I, I couldn't believe when I, I saw that move and I was like, ah, cool little move. And then I could not believe when I saw, like, again, like you're saying, a very small, very, 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 very small outrage, but like any outrage at all, I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think, honestly, I think it should be his finish. I think it should be his finish. I think it's better than his finish. It's a cool looking move. It, is it a looks cool like move. yeah, it's impactful. It's something that can he can hit it pretty quickly too. Uh, he can kind of yeah. hit it sort of out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't think it'd be the worst idea. 
to, to move that. And one, I love so. Osprey catching strays, and it's like not even his, his move. Like <laughs> he probably taught him this. Os- yes, Osprey's ruining Akira. <laughs> it's Ospreyism, Rich. Ospreyism. Oh, people. Yeah, yeah. It's not even like okay. You want to pick on Will? This isn't even Will. And it's not a move that Will does. Why is he catching strays here? It's like well, it's crazy. a day that ends in Y, so that's... The amount of hate for this man. Like, this isn't even him this time. Like, it's not like Akira is doing the fucking Stormbreaker. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's his own move. I don't know. But uh, anything else on the A block or you want to do... Not really. Block? No, I think it's kind of surprising with Austin and, and Zayn. I'd imagine that those guys will probably, you know, be in the middle of that. I don't think they're going to be leading the block when it's all over. But it does seem like New Japan is into... They, they seem to like Ace Austin... Uh, they seem to like Alex Zane, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of that block uh, uh, plays out. But uh, yeah, let's move to the B block here. Top two guys atop the uh, B block, El Fantasmo and El Desperado, uh, both with four points. Uh, Fantasmo is just like, he's just the best, man. I love El Fantasmo. His, his shtick is the, just, it, there's a different level to it. He's so good at it. He's playing off the English announcers. Like if you, especially if you watch the English announce team, it's so much better because Kevin, he's giving shit to Kevin Kelly. He's giving shit. He, he's saying stuff in English. Like he's definitely a, a wrestler for people watching New Japan World in English. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, yeah. he's definitely geared towards that demographic. And I just, I, he just fucking rocks, dude. I, I, I love El Fantasmo so much. Yeah, and and what we always talk about when we don't talk about him for a while, he is like physic so physically talented, and you forget because he does so much he shtick, you forget how physically talented he is. You know, he's one of the most athletic and physically talented juniors on the roster, and that's saying something. So uh yeah, and, and Despy, look, you know, we all know they've elevated him and they've done so successfully. Uh so he's off to a decent start too. Um I'll give the rest of these totals, and then we'll talk about yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Know. So uh, then a two points, a big glut here. Dookie, Robbie Eagles, TJ Perkins, Wheeler, Utah, L. Lindemann, and Bushi all at two points. Uh, and then rounding out, Master Wato, zero, and Teton, also zero. Yeah, so I mean, Wato, you know, is in the tag title mix, obviously, so he might pull a couple upsets. Teton, he's always there to, to fucking lose you know it'd be nice if you know one of these years you know teton make a run but he had a pretty good match on night night two though with uh despy in the main event he's there. Two. Was- he said two he honestly teton might be one of my favorite guys in the best of the super junior he's so far good. i he's thought his good. match with lindemann was great and i thought the match with el desperado were, were among two of my favorites of the entire tournament so yeah he can go he can absolutely go and you're right it'd be nice to you know do something with him but it's 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 what his role is it's what he's brought in here to do so so i get it it's it, it is what it is so the shtick aside with Lindemann, I, I think what it was is, look, everyone's going to have to suffer an upset here or there just for the points to work. And I think he just got his on night one. I don't think, I don't genuinely think they were sending a message with, with Dukey beating Lindemann. Um, but it was, look, it did, it did shock me after the night before all the new guys won. So it was kind of jarring because they made it a point to have the others come out and look good. And established, but maybe they figure, okay, our fans know Lindemann though, so it's not as important to get him off on a good foot. Whereas our fans don't know who Alex Zane or Ace Austin is unless they're watching, you know, New Japan Strong and 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 our Impact uploads. You know what I mean? Which you know, so maybe that was the thought process there. Um, how do you think Wheeler Utah's looked? I think he's looked solid. Uh, maybe not as good. I came in with pretty high expectations for 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 Utah, and I think. 
Uh, the match with Robbie Eagles I liked a lot. I, I thought that was pretty solid. The match That's with Dookie good. was it was it was good, but it wasn't great. I I don't know. I went in probably with too high of expectations for Willie Yuta. I think he's acclimated himself well. Uh, I think his best matches are probably still to come in this tournament. And he's going to have stuff with uh, uh, T.J. Perkins, which I think should be pretty awesome. Uh, he's going to have stuff with Lindemann, which I think should be pretty awesome. The, the match with Teton should be pretty good. So it's a potential that he maybe hasn't had the best opponents. But I think, you know, he's had Robbie Eagles. And Robbie Eagles is one of the best guys in this entire block. And I thought that match was was good, not great. I, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting with Willie Yuta. But I maybe went in with a little too high of expectations based off you know, what, you know, what he can do. So I, I think he's been... Uh, pretty solid. It's interesting because night one, obviously, he worked a tag, and they put him out there with the three young lions, <laughs> and then they faced like four veterans, and it was like, oh, geez, what a way to start the tour, right? So, um, but you know, he's a guy. I think when he gets in there with with certain people, um, oh, him and TJP. Have... I mean, th- that's gonna that's gonna rock. Like that match is definitely gonna be good. Yeah, he'll have a chance to shine when he gets in there with, with some of the other guys. I think I've enjoyed the B block more than the A block. Um, which kind of is what we were expecting. Oh, yeah, certainly. I thought TJP Despy was a really good main event on night four. I think TJP, look, his work is always slick as hell and solid as a rock. Um, you know, so he's looked good in both of his matches. Uh, we talked about Phantasmo. Bushi's there. He just exists. Um, Teton has looked really great. Uh, I think Utah, the, the best is yet to come. And... Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it's Watto. People are gonna struggle with him a little, and and I thought Bushi Robbie Eagles was pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna put over Bushi. I think he brought his working boots this 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 tournament. He's the t-shirts off, the body. He's showing the body a little bit. I thought him and El Fantasma was obviously. I mean, you know what you were gonna get with that match, but that Bushi Robbie Eagles match, he just went in there and worked, and I I think that was really really good. Robbie Eagles, honestly, so far has probably been my uh, my MVP. Uh, he's been really, really good in everything I've seen, and he's he's Robbie Eagles. He's solid as fuck. But uh, yeah, when he when he got in there and delivered with Bushi, I I I don't know. I don't know if it's more Robbie Eagles or more Bushi trying, but I don't know what happened. But that was a very match that way way over delivered what I thought it was going to be. Isn't it funny how you know if it seems like yesterday that Robbie Eagles got integrated into New Japan and and Osprey, you know, worked so hard to get him in and work with those great matches in Australia and. They do like the turn. Remember, he turned the turn they did in Australia on the, on the New Japan Australian tour, and then Eagles is and and then they put him over Jushin Liger his first night in Cork yeah. and Hall, mm-hmm. and that all feels like it was like yesterday, and it was like three four years ago, and now he feels like a veteran of this junior roster. Yeah, oh for right? sure, doesn't he? Do yeah, yeah, like like a veteran mainstay of the juniors, where just it seems like yesterday, like he was the new guy, but now he's like the veteran rock of the block. You know, the, the, like the anchor of the block that like, you know, oh, well, when Wheeler Utah gets in there with Robbie Eagle, you know, it's a, it's like it, it's a total different feel for him now. Um, I was going to ask you something else. And I oh, I know I forgot when we were talking a block Ace Austin taking out the card and cutting the guy between his fingers. Yay or nay? <laughs> I like it. I like it. You like that spot? I do like the good spot. Yeah, that's going to be a sink or sim spot where I think like. It's going to be one of those things where three or four matches in is going to be decision time. Do I dump this spot? Is it not working? Mm-hmm. Are people not picking up on it? Is it too much of a small room kind of act? Or do I plow forward with this? I don't know how I feel about it yet. I don't know if I think it's too goofy. 
and I don't know if I think it's like too small room. I, 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 I see what you mean because I I've, I'm somebody who's seen Ace Austin on Indies a bunch. He comes to AEW all the time, so I've seen yeah. this happen a bunch of times live, and it's cool. Like people react to it live, but you're absolutely right. Like I still like it because I saw I've seen it in buildings with 200, 300, 400 people or whatever. Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe in like Horican Hall, it's just gonna be like, oh, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? So, not, not even like like the bigger buildings, like at the end of the. Tour, oh like, yeah, he's gonna be doing it in Sumo Hall or something. Like you, yeah. you're doing it in Sumo Hall in front of five thousand people. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little. Or, or if it's post pandemic and it's like you know nine thousand people, like is that gonna get over? Yeah, I don't know. The I don't end. know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if like people are really over with his like gimmick. Like they, I don't know if they know what it is exactly, but it's hard to tell because it's yeah. just a bunch of clapping. So who the fuck knows? So. And he's only had a couple matches, you know, that, that kind of thing. You got to give people a little bit of rope, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's just brand new to them. Oh, they have a no lot clue. Yeah. Let, let's be honest. The, the well, majority of people at these, you know, especially these small towns are not pouring yes. over their impact yeah. wrestling tapes to, to right. <laughs> you know, to, to figure out everything they can find out about Ace Austin. Like they're, they're probably just going to the show. So they don't, they don't know. So the next a block show it's uh show versus Clark Connor. So show's going to get his first points and he's probably going to run the table from this point forward. I would think, cause he got the two losses. So I mean, run the table until, you know, it comes time to see whether he's going to advance or not. Right, right, right. Get him up to that top of that block. But then, yeah, then, then who knows? Yeah. So that'll start here. Um, Taguchi versus Akira. Kanamoru versus yo. Hiromu versus Ace Austin. Looking forward to that. And the main event is Taiji Ishimori versus Alex Zane. That's the next A Block show on the 21st. And then the next night, we got back-to-back, and then they take another day off. B Block is uh, Robbie Eagles versus Dookie. TJP versus L. Lindemann. You got that one circled on oh, your uh, yeah, dude, dude. Program. Lindemann, Lindemann's my man right now, and I, I will, yeah. we'll, we'll, I'll get to the Gleet match in in a second here. But yeah, Lindemann's my yeah. guy, and I'm gonna be excited about all of the matches that he's gonna have because so far the Dookie match I liked a lot, the Teton match was fucking great. So now I'm just all the way in on, on Lindemann. So yeah, Lindemann versus T.J. Perkins, Lindemann versus Robbie Eagles, Lindemann versus Wheeler Utah, all coming up like very soon. So yeah, count me into any any future L. Lindemann match for sure. I'm sorry, did you say T.J. Perkins? Oh, Sir, I'm sorry, TJP. It's the public enemy, TJP. Okay? <laughs> I it, apologize. Get it straight. Uh, Bushi versus Master Wato, so we'll burn that one off. Uh, El Phantasmo versus Teton. That could be a lot of fun. And the main event of that show, here you go. Okay, D- this is what you were talking about. Despy versus Wheeler, Utah in a main event. Oh, so yeah, we're going to yeah, get yeah. time. Now we go. This is where Wheeler, Utah establishes himself. And because, you know, Despy's a fucking psychopath. He'll do anything he's asked. And this is Utah's chance to really listen. This isn't an eight man tag opener with the Young Lions. He's in the main event with a, with the top guy in the block. So um, I think that's going to deliver. So there's there's two matches I'm really looking forward to there. Uh, probably too early to start looking at points and stuff other than, you know, that show is going to make a big run. And, you know, the B block is just it's a big big blob of a mess right now so you really don't know how that you just know that doki is gonna fade you know anything else is possible doki will fade uh wato teton and bushi will remain near the bottom and then the rest i don't know you know what i mean i i don't know because you figure hiromu will be in the final and then it's just a matter of who they want to get him in there with right it's it's i mean especially in new japan their tournaments are are pretty 
You, you know what's going to happen. It's, it's going to be a bunch of people with 12, you know what I mean? One or two guys with 14 or whatever, and then, like, two guys with six, and then, like, two and zero or whatever. You know, it's always kind of that same sort of well, structure. Well, the B-block so. will be fun because it, it's, you know, like, we all, I mean, you know, we can fool ourselves, but Hiromu's went in the A-block. So the B-block is fun because it really could be anyone. Yeah. You know, I, you know, so that that's really, hopefully that one stays super close and congested. And I think Yo will spoil show on that final night, right? Oh and yeah, then, yeah. I mean that that's if that if that that is the booking. If you're looking at it now. That's the final. Yeah, match. I mean I'll double check for you, but I'm pretty sure. I, I that's, thought I saw uh, the same thing as well, but yeah, just if that is the final match, then yeah, absolutely, that's happening. Yeah. So on the 31st, it's just the 10 matches, both blocks wrap up, and it is uh, Yo versus Show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then then I think. And Somebody's spoiling uh, somebody, but but Yo spoiling show probably makes more sense right now. Yeah, and it's Hiromu versus Taiji Ishimori, and that'll decide the block. We're doing that thing where we make tournaments not fun in Japan. Because I know, I just, hate doing this. We but... just go to the final night and look at the two matches and go, yep, there you go. So that's what it's going to be. So, yeah. so earlier in the night, Yo beats show, and then yeah. you would think Hiromu beats Ishimori because Ishimori is the champ. Yes, I would, I would assume that's the case, yeah. Yeah, so Connor Zane hand wave Taguchi Kanamoro hand wave ace Austin Akira that could be a match where maybe someone eliminates someone but neither one of those guys are getting through but I think they're both going to be booked solid especially Akira because they they're really behind United Empire yeah oh yeah yeah so if there's a third match that's going to have any impact it'll probably be that one ace Austin and, and the good Italian boy and B block I mean like I said you know you, you Look, Phantasmo Despi is probably going to be the, the one that matters most. But, you know, and, and Dookie Watto, that'll, that'll be the opener. Because yeah, that's not going to mean anything. It's <laughs> not going to mean anything. So, no. you know, and then the rest, they, in the B block, they might do the deal where, like, with each match, somebody gets eliminated until you get to Phantasmo Despi for all the marbles. That show that has TJP Wheeler Utah, which I'm looking forward to. That might be that might be a show the, the match of the entire tournament with those dudes. Uh, just going out there and just grappling with each other, just classic pro wrestling right there. I'm, I'm into that match for sure. Uh, that yeah, sounds awesome. That, but uh, yeah, no, I, I've enjoyed everything I've watched so far. I'm gonna keep watching. I'm already four nights in, so yeah, might as well keep it up. It's not you know that hard to watch, especially if you're only watching the tournament matches. I mean, every match in this tournament's been like you know nine to seventeen minutes, and the seventeen minutes are your kind of your main events or whatever. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, everything else is kind of in that 11 to 12 minute range or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy watch for sure. My advice, if someone is listening and we ha- we're not able to give you a great match yet, there hasn't been a great match. Yeah, Teton and, and Lindemann's probably the closest they've come. And even that I wouldn't call great. Yeah, but my uh, advice would be pick your favorites and watch everything they've done so far and you're not going to be let down. Because everything's pretty good. You know, skip the guys you don't like. You know what I mean? If, like, if you don't like show for some reason or something. And I get, you know, if you don't like the... Because there is a little bit of house torture stuff. It's not overwhelming, but it's there. Yeah, so far it hasn't um, really dragged me down enough, but it, it, it's it's there. It, it And it's going to be there for a while, too. Yeah. But if, like, you don't like... If you're like me and you don't like Taguchi or whatever, just fucking skip that. You don't like Bushi. Pick your guy. You don't like TJP. Just... If you pick the people you like, you're going to like everything so far. Is would would be how I would break this down. Now we're waiting for a great match. 
Are we going to get one on night five? Um, Hiromu Ace Austin, that's got a shot. Um, the main event's Ishimori versus Zane. I mean, maybe. It depends how hard Ishimori wants to work. Always a question. <laughs> Always a question. Usually the answer is not very hard, but yeah, you never know. Sometimes he surprises you, so. And then night six, I'll only go two nights here. Night six, TJP Lindemann. Now look, it's early in the card, but that could be great. Ah, they'll have a good, good ass nine minute match or whatever. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fine. And De okay, the main event, Despy and Wheeler Utah. Will that be our first great match? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm circling that one for sure. Phantasmo Teton. Does that have Ooh. a shot? Uh Phantasmo's a little too much of a, a character, I think, to maybe make that like a great match, but I don't know. It's possible that he gets, you know, Teton's all business. So, yeah, maybe maybe he'll slap it out of him and get, get a real good match out of him. But, no, I, I'd imagine that's probably fun but not great, if that makes sense. B-Block's the play, isn't it? B-Block's great, yeah. There's not much on the B-Block that I have enjoyed. Like... You know, start with night seven, we just get double blocks. I don't know if you know that. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm in down. Yeah, that's fine so... Night seven and night eight, I believe, are back to back Corkins, and they're just, there's no tags. And then I think night nine as well is Corkin. And it's just from that point forward, you're just getting double blocks. So um, makes it harder to keep up with. It does, but it's also kind of nice to just click play and just go. Cause like I and just sit and watch. Because there was a time, like, I forget what night it was that I finished, and I was like, wait, what What about like this guy and this guy? And then like, I'm like, ah, oh, it was in between like a bunch of these tags. Cause a lot of times, like, some of the, I think it was either night one or night two or whatever, like, it was just the last half of the show was all the, the junior matches. It's like, oh, perfect. There we go. Switch right. I know when intermission is. I, I know when they, you know, I, I see the dopey guys talking, you know, at, at the announce table. So I know, okay. This is the intermission. I can go. And then every match was like after that. But then there was another night where I did that. And then it finished. And I was like, wait, what about this guy and this guy? And then I look and, oh, it was the opener. Oh, it was in between two tag matches or whatever. So sometimes it's kind of nice just to hit play and just get everything, you know, all in one night too. So it does make it a little tougher to keep up. But then you just have to say, hey, you know, I'm sitting down for, for three hours or whatever. And I'm watching every single one of these matches. It's okay. It, it's I like both. I, I, I like the variety, actually, I think. Because yeah, there's, there's times where... You know, having a, day, a few days off is nice to kind of catch up, and there's some days where you just want to hit play and just everything's right there for you. Okay, so there's three straight nights in Corkin, then they go to Chiba, and then they come back to Tokyo for the uh, Ota City Gym. So it's a, it's a, you know, big building. I'll give you the main events. I'll give you the Corkin main events and the Ota. This is where business picks up. Mm -hmm. First Corkin main event, Despy versus Lindemann. Sink your teeth into that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cork and Hall? Okay. Second Cork and main event is Hiromu versus Yo. Do you like that? Uh, eh, we'll see. <laughs> How about TJP, Robbie Eagles? Now, or, now you're speaking my language. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, third Cork and Hall main event. Phantasmo versus Eagles. Yes. A lot of history there. Yes. Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. With Hiromu show underneath. And then uh, we'll skip to that. We'll skip the uh, Chiba. We'll go right to the uh, Ota City Gym. I think that holds like 3,000 fans or something like that. Uh, main event of that one, Despy versus Robbie Eagles. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. do something for you at a big yeah. building. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, see. So that's where we're just getting revved up. Right, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Remember last week we looked at it and we were all excited and the cards didn't look that good and we were like, eh. And we're like, we're just getting revved up. When we hit that cork and stretch, they've got some big main events. Planned. Now you're off to the races. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you're it's a classic building. thing. It's a classic thing we talk about all the time. Is that like in any other era we wouldn't watch all this stuff. We wouldn't see all this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we would only get the Corkins. We would only get uh, the Sumo Hall shows. We might get like some of these other ones here and there. But like now. Yeah, but now we're in a thing where we get everything, so we watch everything, and it's like you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, the show on the fourth—I don't know what building it was in, but it, the hard cam was pointed towards like uh, bathrooms. Did you see yeah. that there was like get the yeah. bathrooms? <laughs> it's yeah. like we don't really need to be watching this. Like, I'm glad I did. Like, there were some fun matches, but these are things that in any other era before, like the era that we're in right now, like you just wouldn't watch this. It just like wouldn't appear. It would never make the never see the night of day. It would never be on some comp tape or whatever. It just would never, it was fine. And then you would just say, Oh yeah. And a night, you know, th- four, uh, that guy beat that guy, but I don't know. Yeah. That match is, you know, nobody's ever seen that match or ah, whatever, you know, no, it didn't make tape or whatever, but we watch everything. So we, we, so a lot of times you get caught up, especially in these tournaments where you watch some of these shows and go, ah, you know, and I'm not saying this tournament, cause I think everything's been good in this tournament, but it happens during G1s, too, where people are like, oh, Night yeah. 5 was terrible. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, like it's Night 5, and it's like some random town. Like, it, it's it's fine. Like, Rich, you don't remember all the classic matches you've seen in the Hachinohe City East Gym? <laughs> was that where that Night 4 was? Yes. <laughs> the hard camp towards the bathrooms. I love it. I'm wondering, I'm like, what the hell is that room? And I, I look, and I'm like, there's like two doors. What's going on? And then I see one guy like... Walk up, you know, stand up from his seat and then walk to the, and then I see him leaving and like, you know, rinsing his hands. And I'm like, oh my God, the hard cams to the bathrooms. Okay. Well, hey. You know, this, uh, this Tenzon is some worker. He's like, all right, I'll get off my couch for half a tour. Right. Like to earn his, to earn that contract. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not even a full tour. Like halfway through the tour, they send all these geeks home. <laughs> you know? It's incredible. He's like, oh, it's, what's the tour? So I only have to work like five nights? Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> I can five do that. Five nights. And it, he's like counting. He's like, ah, let's see. Maybe two bumps in five nights. Yeah. All right. Sendai. Yeah, Sendai's nice. I'll, I'll go to Sendai. With his, with his dumb, crooked ankle, you know? <laughs> it's, not it's, a, a, it's not a <laughs> dumb angle. I mean, it's crooked. Huh? Is it a dumb angle? I don't know. That's yeah, not, that's I not don't fair. Know. Stupid, crooked ankle. <laughs> I don't think um, it's fair to call Puff, putting out a cigarette on his heel right right as his music hits. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right? Hell yeah. That's, that's, that's G stuff, man. He's an absolute G, yeah. Coming out with his dopey horns, <laughs> you know, to not bump, right? Wow. Well. <laughs> and and do his chops that he's not supposed to do anymore. Yeah, what the hell? Oh, that, and I was a bit, I, I bought into that story, hook, line, and sinker, and then he just, the next yeah. night was just back to his chops again. What a, yeah. Unbelievable. Out there hissing. I don't know who he thinks he is. You know, they need to pay that off. That when when Ocon gets back into town, you know, he's got to call him out for yeah, that. Yeah, say, well, and, hold on a minute, Matt, uh, pal. Yeah. I, I beat you for those hisses. I, I'd use the hisses. Right. You don't, all right? I need to have right. a, a rematch or something like that. Or, or yeah. Or get Obari involved or whatever. Get, get You know, get get the leadership involved here. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I you know, if we're not going to honor stipulations, then what are we even doing? Um. Did you want to talk this Lindemann Gleet match real quick? Oh, I definitely I... want to talk about this Lindemann Gleet match. So uh, this is on the most recent Gleet show, Joe, which is a real promotion that you need to acknowledge. Uh, Gleet, uh, free on YouTube. So is, this like, is this like last week's segment where you're making all this up? And mm, I have to... No, this is a real match that happened on Gleet's YouTube. Uh, it was uh, G Pro Wrestling version 25 that you can find on, on YouTube. So uh, well, just You can that. find it. I'm not gonna uh, or actually, was it 25? I don't know if it's 25. Let me find the exact number here. I don't want to... Uh, 
put you on the wrong path here. But uh, yes, version well. 25. G Pro Wrestling version 25 uh, is available for free on the Glee t- uh, YouTube channel, which has 18,000 subscribers, by the way, right now, too. So um, there you go. But uh, Eerie E and L. Lindemann went out there and fucking worked their ass. Just Joe, I, I watched this match. I don't want to spoil it for you. I don't want to say anything. You have to. You're not. There's no way that you're not going to like this match. It's two dudes that go out there and they beat the fuck out of each other. They kick the hell out of each other. There's shoot headbutts. There's one count kickouts. There's there's good selling. There's no selling. There's there's no way you're not going to like this match. Okay? Can I just tell you that? Just go watch it. Just go watch it. I'm telling you. There's no way you're not going to like it. There's zero chance you're not going to come away liking it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you I'll what. I'll know that you're, you're doing a performance if you say that you don't like it. I'll know it. I'll tell you what. I did, after the show last week, watch Burst. So I guess there's no excuses and I can watch it. <laughs> How was Burst? Burst was, uh, you know, I feel bad picking on it now because it's very clearly Kohei Sato just uh, bringing some fun antics to, like, uh, fairs with families, like street fairs and things oh, okay. like that. okay, okay. They're just like light, very light comedy matches. Um, no one's out there with a why, notebook, you know, rating them. And, and no, you'd feel like a real asshole if you did that it, because it's just like that's why there's only three guys on each show. They do two singles matches and then everyone does a tag at the end, like the same people. It's just like at, it's like at a street fair setting and they do like the spot where the heel, where the baby face will drag the heel around ringside so that little kids can chop them. Like it's that kind of Oh, stuff. okay. All right. All right. So it's it's fine. It's harmless fun. It's harmless Burst. carnival wrestling fun. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So we were assholes. Families, for... people laughing. You know, it's just it's a lot of it's fun. You know. They they actually do an intermission, even though oh, there's only God. three that <laughs> and uh necessary. No, but it's like Lucha, like the little kids get in the ring and take bumps and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just so I, I feel bad for making fun of Burst and all of the time limit draws, but uh it's not ego that's in play here. It's just they're out there having answers. Yeah, it's okay. So there's nobody that's not wanting to do the J-O-B. It's just they, they don't care enough to care about finishes. Correct. All right. Well, so, there you go. That, there's that your, there's your, When's the next burst, your burst review? Yeah. When's the next burst? Where, I don't know, but where else are people going to get a burst review? Can I ask you that? Uh, zero. Yeah, there's not another podcast in the world that's going to give you a blues, uh, a <laughs> burst <laughs> review. No. So... Um, Anyway, I have to watch this. Don't you got to watch the Glee match, yeah. And I, I think like, I think I'm becoming a Glee guy. I'm sorry. They got, they got the the bulk orchestra. I love those guys. Lindemann's there. He fucking rocks. Shingo and Shima team together. You know, like how they work that out. <sighs> Yakuza money, right? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> clearly yes. I, I don't know. There, uh, there's a backstage interview with them that I watched. I, I didn't understand what they were saying, but like you know, they, they seem fine. Yeah, I seem fine. No, okay. Bygones be bygones. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I didn't even check if there was closed captions on this. Um, there are, but they're in Japanese. So, okay, I don't know those either. Um, well, that's pointless. Yeah, that's not going to help me <laughs> at all. So, uh, I mean, they're sitting they're sit next together. You know, it's not like they just got in the ring and did their work, you know, did business and then left. It, you know, they seem, right. seem chummy. I don't know. They're not ex- I don't know if they're exchanging Christmas cards, but they, they seem fine. So, Well, you know. Maybe it was all, all right. overblown. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they've well, always been good friends. You go ahead and become a Glee guy, and then when it folds, don't come crying to me. <laughs> That's, That's all I'm going to say. Hiroki Goto was on the last show, Joe. Come on. I, I understand that. Come on. Bulk Orchestra, this Lindemann Eerie E, 
Hiroki Goto, who should just be Gleet full time. That would fucking rock if you just went to Gleet full time. That'd, that'd be cool. Uh, and then Shima and 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 and, and Shingo teaming together. Like, and it's free on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. All right. You watched Burst, so you can. You I can... did. I watched Burst. I actually watched, even though ten minutes in, I knew what it was going to be. Like, <laughs> Still, all right. you're like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the main event they get down to business. You know, Koei Sato yeah, at that point, decides, it's like, all a... right, let's go, let's work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a completionist. I was pot committed. I just yeah, watched the whole. Yeah, there you go. So I, you know. Um, I am working right. on uh, on our Discord as well, uh, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord. I am working on a channel. Uh, I asked for some uh, some people to send me every oddity, like weird indie Perot company. I'm going to put them all together. I'm going to get an RSS feed. So you'll be able to stay abreast of all the latest news and notes and, and, and major shows from all of your bursts and your gleets and your Osaka pros and all that sort of stuff. Because I'm sick of, sick of not knowing what's going on and, you know... <laughs> insert these other weird we haven't we have a uh a, a, a miscellaneous pro channel yeah yeah Discord, yeah. Right? yeah so what are you doing well here? it might get it might get overrun with like videos from vkf or whatever so i, I want to make its oh, own so you know what oh, i mean oh, like oh, i'm gonna make it its own channel just in case you know i don't want how much of j stage do people want you know in their in that channel so uh you know i gotta yeah, yeah. so when people are discussing um uh, uh, you know, um, heat up. You don't want to get interrupted with 19 videos from burst coming through. Exactly. So it's exactly, kind of a, exactly. It's a courtesy. Right. right. It's so, courtesy. So you'll know that that one channel will have all of your uh, your video feeds. So yeah, it's 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 time for us to shine a light on these 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 tremendous companies that are all definitely solid oh, businesses yeah. and not on the, on the brink of going out of business at all. Money times. laundering. So, yeah, they're not all they're not all washing money. Uh, they're all definitely legitimate uh, companies that are going to last for a very very long time. So I saw you created a Gleet channel. Yes. Okay. I only have one question. When Gleet inevitably fails, can I be the one to delete it? Oh, absolutely. I will get. I, I will tell you how to do a screen share, and then I will show you how to delete it. And then, yeah, you can do a screen Fantastic. share. And delete oh, I know it how to delete the rooms. Oh, oh you, you know. Okay, so you know. All right. So, oh, yeah. Do you not know re- record listen. your screen or no? Well, because I almost deleted it already. I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I, <laughs> like this must be in there. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? We got a Gleet room for. So I, I was like, I can't stand for this. But um, all right. There's no big Japan room. I noticed. No. Like, we got Gleet. Okay. Well, when Gleed has to raise money for their bus, then we'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll count there. You know what? It's been an active channel, Joe. I'll I'll give I'll give Gleed their their roses right now. They just had a a great match. Hiroki Goto was on their show. I'll give I'll give them their their roses for a little bit here. But yeah, it is an active channel. It is usually Polk Orchestra. It's a meme. It's a meme promotion. But you know, let, let the people have their memes. There's a lot of people. This is their first meme promotion, like you said. So it's. You know, let them let them have this. They they didn't live through Wrestle One. They didn't live through the, the good old days in the '90s of you know. Who would be your yeah. main promotion then? Osaka Pro probably right would be. Like who's the original like '90? Like what are your '90s meme promotions that like you just knew weren't gonna really last at all? Like Mitch maybe Nova- a lot of the maybe a lot of the the deathmatch the garbage promotions that tried to be FMW like those, yeah yeah yeah. There's a bunch of those. Oh, they're still they're still um, going on. <laughs> What's the, what's the, what's the one on that uh, that new one? Remember there was that uh, FMWE that everyone was like, no, they're definitely this is gonna last for a long time. There's no way. Yeah. Have they ran a show in a while. That, I, that uh... I don't. I don't know. They last ran a show December of 2021. So I guess Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling Explosion is uh, is done again. So. Well, what's Onita sucks? Whoever's running that dry. I mean, what, why would you <laughs> run any more shows? The next it's, thing. So. Yeah. So that. <laughs> 
That's all that that is. Um, funny, we had a new subscriber asking in one of the uh, paywall rooms uh, why I kept referring to the big seat on Thursday TV reviews, uh, not understanding who that refers to. And they were wondering if I was talking about Sky Blue, which I found very funny. The big C. <laughs> the big seat. Oh, the big seat. Oh. <laughs> well. So they were like, is that Sky Blue? And I'm like, oh, you well, know. Yeah, could be. I mean. Can't argue. I, I can't be mad at you for making that connection. No, that, that's, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a couple of big seats on, on AEW television. A lot of big so. seats. Yeah, but that, not that kind of seat. No, though. no, no. Like an actual literal seat. Um, it was explained who the big seat uh, Gerard was. Wing. Wing's a good one. Like, that's a good meme promotion from the 90s. Wing. Yeah, Wing, you know, with all the monster characters. Yeah. You know, Hustle. Face. Hustle was a good one, too. That's a, that's a, like a legitimate, Hustle was like a legitimate meme promotion, too. Well, so. Hustle was in on the joke, at least. Right, right, right. You know, when I say meme promotion, I mean like this clearly washing money <laughs> laundering thing that's losing. Yeah. That's probably not going to last like beyond five years, but like people get really invested in them kind of ironically. And then, uh, um, you know, yeah. So hustle like characters would fart and the, and the result would be a new character. Right. Like, it would yeah. emanate from the fart like they were in on the joke. You know, uh, so. Razor Ramon hard gay was a uh, hustle guy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Character. And Razor Ramon real gay. And uh, General uh, Takata as a general, General yeah. whatever the fuck. Name, yeah, and, yeah, whatever. yeah that, that was Hockey a literal mean promotion. I, I don't necessarily mean literal mean promotions, but that's pretty close. To, it, it, it's the right idea, though, that you knew. I don't think Hustle's long for this world, but uh, and it was not. It was not very long. For I did, did well for a little while, yeah. but you know me. I hated that shit. I had no <laughs> use for Hustle. Fucking grumpy ass Joel Lanza wasn't watching Hustle. Yeah, you want to watch Takata kill some guys. You want to. Take some heads off, not general. You didn't get shit. hustle tapes. You didn't get hustle tapes. No, I can't watch that garbage. Absolutely not. Um. So, oh, so all right. So uh, now y- you did not see the uh, capital. I did not. So I could, do. You want me to take you through the show? Uh, take. Yeah, I will. I will take us through the show. Lead me through, Rich, and ask questions where appropriate. Go okay, ahead. sounds good. Dark match, <laughs> Nick Camarota nope. versus Kevin Knight. Nope. Didn't watch it. Okay. Nope. Carl Fredericks defeats Ren Narita. Yeah, tight little opener. Good stuff. I will say that here's what I don't understand. They had like 2,200 people in this building, packed house, right? Sold nearly every ticket. They've got their hard cam pointed to this ugly black stage setup. <sighs> and you can't see any of the fans. The, the house lights are turned off, right? And it's like, you can't tell that they have this full house, vibrant, packed, and you know it's not mic'd well, so you can't fucking hear the crowd going. So they, they still no haven't figured out their production in America yet. This, we, no. we're still, we still have no idea what we're doing here. Okay, great. And they're drawing. Like, they drew yeah, in Yeah, they LA. drew huge crowds. They drew in, you know, that other fucking show in... Chicago, you know, the one drew. that I was at. Yes, they drew. Yes. Yeah, in Chicago, they drew the Battle in the Valley, they drew here. They're drawing four-figure crowds. Okay, they're not filling MSG and they're not putting 6,600 people in the Cow Palace, but they're drawing better crowds than they were like in the meat of the pandemic when they were putting 300 people into a building in fucking Memphis, Tennessee or wherever the fuck. Okay, but you would never know it because they've got their cameras pointed at just this plain ass black stage with it's not even like a fancy stage. So. What the fuck? Turn the hard cam around and point it at the fucking crowd that's going crazy. Turn the house lights up a little and make this feel like a vibrant product. I don't understand. 
Anyway, decent little match here between Carl Fredericks and Ren Narita. But uh, QT Marshall and the gang attacked Fredericks in the uh, post-match and uh, gave him a beatdown. And then, like I said, uh, a couple days later, at least in the – I know it was taped before, but if you're just following things on TV, they had the 10-man tag on Dark on Tuesday between these two groups. So, look, it's a nice little undercard feud that keeps all of these guys busy. Uh, Team Filthy, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, Jared Kratos, Royce Isaacs, and Tom Lawler defeat Finley, Fred Rosser, Tangaloa, the DKC, and Yuya Uemura. Yeah, this card was changed around a little bit because uh, Trent got COVID. I thought that was a very funny tweet when he said he he felt like he was screwing New Japan again. Because remember how he... uh, (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They they signed with AEW and they were going to push him. Um, So uh, it, it was a trickle effect. You know, Camarado got on the card uh, in the dark match, and that bumped the DKC to this match, and that bumped fucking uh, whoever the fuck, and then and then that bumped Rocky Romero to the semi-main event. So everything got kind of bumped around, so DKC ended up here. Team Filthy is literally filthy. I mean, they are just a, the, just a group of scummers. I, 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 and I say that in a good way, because that's the point. But uh, led by Lawler and, um, you know, Fred Rosser, uh, is demanding a shot at that New Japan Strong title, and he's putting his New Japan contract up. And they had a match at the tapings. Did you did you, did you see the spoiled result or no? Uh, no, I did not. I'm not going to give it away because I know people watch Strong. But Lawler and Rosser had a match, title versus contract. Oh, okay. So that's going to air. Um, I don't know if it aired yet. Someone in the chat room will tell us. But um, yeah, no, good. Uh, high action, typical New Japan 10-man tag where everybody works hard and Team Filthy is indeed very filthy. Those guys are really learning how to work as an act. Oh, yeah, like Jarrell, especially Dr- Nelson and Isaacs. Yes. Like, those guys are just classic, like, shitbag heel tag team. Like, they're just always cutting off the ring, you know, coming in, doing little stuff, you know, annoying the referee, annoying the crowd, annoying the wrestlers. Like, it's great stuff. Yeah, they... they They've nailed it. It's a it's a it's an old school act, but it's it it's it it's solid. Yeah, it's really really good stuff. I love them. And remember, Tangaloa replaced Chris Dickinson here. That was another replacement. But Dickinson worked the tapings the next night. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So I know a lot of people were throwing roses at New Japan, thinking they yanked them. But in the Discord, I was like, "Listen, be careful," because Dickinson's been removing himself from bookings. Right. So I wasn't positive that this was a New Japan thing. And then he ended up working the taping the next night. So if you're the kind of person who's, you know, getting wound up about that, you know, he did work the tapings the next night. Uh, then we'll move on to uh, Chase Owens and Great Ocon. Oh, man, I love Ocon. I especially love in America. He gets over like crazy in America. <sighs> versus Chase, though, I don't know. Tell me it was good. Well, it's a pretty good match, but and I know the result probably looks like a big upset, but remember, they're doing a tag team title program. So that kind of like, you know, there's going to be that, uh, was it a three-way or is it, what, what did they book? Uh, let me look at, uh, Dominion. It's, uh, no, they're just challenging them straight up. They had the three-way and they, yeah, that's right. They lost Ocon and Cobb lost the titles in the three-way at Dominion. It's just Ocon and Cobb avert challenging Fale and Owens. So that's kind of the, uh, reasoning here for the Owens upset. Uh, singles victory because they're going to have the tag title match, which I think Ocon and Cobb are going to win at Dominion. 
I'll move on here. Bad Dude Tito and the TMDK Jonah, Mikey Nichols, and Shane Haste uh, defeats the United Empire, Aaron Hanare, Jeff Cobb, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. Couple things here. They built up to a Jonah, Jeff Cobb, like, face-off. Oh, yeah. And the crowd ate it up. Yeah, I want that. The crowd went bonkers, you know, and they milked it. Uh, point number two, Nichols and Haste. They just have special chemistry together. And the spots that they were doing with Fletcher and Davis, it's like, we have to see that match. That's like two different generations of Australian tag teams. And they're, you know, that New Japan has to book that as a two versus two tag at some point. I don't care if it's in America on one of these shows, I don't care if it's in World Tag League later in the year because. Yeah, that's a uh, gimme. That's a gimme match. You got to do something with that. Yeah, and I mean, Nichols was completely lost without haste when he first came back mm-hmm. to New Japan. Mad Mikey Nichols. We, we <laughs> it up. I was going to say Mad Mikey Nichols. <laughs> I mean, we were memeing that up. How brutal was he? He was so brutal, though. We, he knew, said nothing. we knew he was better. We knew he was better. And, and there we go. We've seen it again. And he looked good. I mean, him and haste looked good together. And, and they, you know, they're back. And hopefully this. And, and Bad Dude Tito is now part of TMDK. They initiated him into the group after the match. So. Uh, he's now in the mix. Oh, there you, you know? go. So and, he's a, he's an official. He got the, did he get a shirt or how did they how did they christen him as a? No, nah, they like they like they kind of just in the ring after the match and then they sat on the apron and did a pose and then you know Riccoboni was going crazy putting it over. And okay, so he's part of the group. I also want to say Riccoboni is just tremendous. He's, he's just the two best in the business right now are Kevin Kelly and Riccoboni. They're they're the two best and New Japan you know kind of has both of them. You know, and he just Kelly was already in Japan for Super Juniors, so Riccoboni did this with Kozlov, and uh, Kozlov wasn't as awful as he usually is. He was tolerable. Um, Riccoboni's great; he really is great. He just he he gets everything. He does the job the way the job is supposed to be done. He just gets everything over. He knows the stories. He does his homework. He's a professional. He has the right kind of voice. He just he's he's perfect. Him and Kelly are the best. So, um, yeah, anyway, Bad Dude Tito is now part of uh, TMDK because that kind of looks like an upset on paper, too, right? Like the result there. Hey, well, yeah, and that's kind of why I was surprised. But, but yeah, I, I guess with, you know, them clearly wanting to make TMDK even more of a, a thing, then, yeah, you got yeah, yeah. to establish them. And you couldn't, like, do an angle to, a, to a, put a guy in a group after they lost. Like, <laughs> right, know, yeah, it's kind of dorky. Yeah, that's not going to yeah. work. So now business picks up. Yes, Brody King and Minoru Suzuki. Somewhere along the line, I don't remember where it was, but Leo Rush showed up and then joined commentary. Oh. It might have been a little later in the show, but somewhere in this area of the show, Leo Rush showed up. So He's back again. If you want to get excited, go ahead. I would say <laughs> I am not going to get excited. I am going to uh, keep it uh, at arm's length. Yes. And, yeah. you know, so we'll see. Look, if Leo Rush ever comes back to wrestling and stays, awesome. That's all I'll say about that. Very talented wrestler. I enjoy watching him. Incredibly talented wrestler. He's so good. But uh, he claims he's back where he wants to be in New Japan, you know, the rah-rah thing. And then um, he did commentary, which, uh, you know, very much babyface on commentary, you know, saying how, you know, shitting on Bullet Club and all that. So he's back, and he's back as a babyface. Brody King, Minoru Suzuki. uh, Yeah, I mean – Picture a really good Brody King Minoru Suzuki match. 
Brody King, they, you know, they got something with this guy. You know, yeah, and they, and they value the hell out of him too. So yeah, it'll be it'll be really really interesting to see uh, when when things open up again fully um, if they bring him over. But he's got a great look. He's got a unique look for that company as well. So yeah, I'm pretty fascinated to see. Uh, and they clearly, I mean, getting a win over Minoru Suzuki. I mean, that, that doesn't mean what it did a couple years ago, but it's still significant enough that that is, it's worth noting that yeah, just a straight yeah. singles win over Minoru Suzuki is 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 not nothing. Yeah, and then uh, Ishii Kingston, notebook material here, absolutely delivered. Um, again, close your eyes and picture these two having a match, and that's what you got. Yeah. So, um. You know, really great stuff there. Highly recommend that one. Uh, Hikaleo and Jay White versus Okada and Romero. This is where it was supposed to be um, a Trent. So, Jay White, you know, he beats Rocky with the switchblade out of nowhere. It was Okada. You know, I love Okada, the tag wrestler. I always have. You know, he's he's really, he's a really good tag wrestler. And just such great star presence, too. Like, you got the sense that people felt like they were watching a different level of star when Okada hit the ring. Um, and then they did a little angle with Tangaloa and Hikuleo. You know, Tangaloa telling them, look, man, you're family. Why are you still with the Bullet Club? So, um, you know, so continuing the Bullet Club stuff there. But they didn't really take it any further. Because remember, Tangaloa wasn't even booked on the show originally. So, um, you know, that was that. And then the main event, which was, you know, predictably great, especially the closing stretch. I say closing stretch, but it was like the last 10 minutes were just phenomenal. You know, look at the people in the match. Yeah, for, for people that know, uh, U.S. heavyweight title four-way match here was Juice Robinson, Tanahashi, Moxley, and Osprey. So, I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah, that's a, an embarrassment of riches there. And that's, you know, they kind of changed that one around. It was initially supposed to be Tanahashi and Moxley, and then... Uh, obviously, the whole Juice Robinson thing kind of made it where they wanted to get him involved in it. But, uh, yeah, I think they made a, a – a, 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 I'm excited to watch this match. It's definitely one that I uh, did not have enough time to, to to carve out this week to watch it. But something I'm definitely going to watch over the next few days uh, because, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it, and, and you seem to agree. Yeah, and it wasn't even long. Like, they just went in there and, um, you know, it's a four-way. So they do pair off, and guys just inexplicably disappear. But then when they hit that closing stretch, it's just fucking bonkers because these guys are all just such great professionals and they're all where they belong and near falls are all believable. And Moxley and Will Ospreay just have, we've talked about this, their chemistry is something special. I mean, you just know when two guys have incredible chemistry, those two have it. And I really, really hope that they have a series of matches um, over the, the rest of this year after what I've seen them do together. Um, and, and they did another Osprey finish where he had his leg underneath the rope when he was pinned. So he went back on Twitter and complained about that as he was the one who took the fall. Um, so they got to straighten out. Look, you know, whatever plans they had for this title got screwed up with the COVID and everything. But maybe the end result was always juice. I don't know. But um, he is completely refreshed. We were talking about wanting this guy to just hit the bricks, and now he's completely refreshed and feels fresh. Yeah, a month a ago. Champion. A month ago we said, ah, you know what? If he's going to hit the bricks, good for him. We don't really care anymore. Yeah. So, Yeah, maybe impact will take him. You know, And it's like now, um, you know, it, it's like kind of exciting, the new direction he's in. Um, so, yeah, really great match. Another easy notebook match. I would say that and Ishii Kingston would easily be notebook material. 
And the whole show was pretty good. I mean, every match was pretty good, but you know, if, 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 if time's an issue, just at least hit up those last four for sure. Uh, quality show. Yeah, they, they keep running. Yeah, if they can get the production in, in, in check and actually make it so you could hear the crowds and see the crowds and be able to watch the. Do you, did, were there any reports of like issues on fight or did they actually get that figured out this time where, you know, the stream actually know. worked? Yeah, I, I didn't watch. I didn't hear. I, I didn't I watch it live. today. Okay. I didn't watch it today. So I don't I don't know if live. I don't know what was. I, I was not watch. I wasn't watching that night. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, the, the, the production on the replay at least was fine. But. You know, aside from not, you would never know that there was anybody there with the sound and the dark lights and the camera pointed at stairs. Yeah, they're, they they really got to get that figured out. But it didn't look big time, and in the building, it probably felt big time. But oh yeah, I mean, look- the show that I went to in Chicago when I heard when you know when I finally was able to get out of the building. Um, and I, I go on to, you know, our discord, I go on and people are like, oh, the production was terrible. The crowd was awful. And I was thinking, my God, in the building, it was like, yeah, this, it felt like a real hot company. You know, it felt the crowd was insane the whole time. It all felt like a real professional operation. Then, yeah, seeing what other people saw, uh, and then going back and watching some of that stuff, I'm like, oh my God, they butchered the hell out of this building. (laughs) Like this building, you know, it's not a super nice building, but still, yeah, they could do a little bit more in the production wise. And what's weird is like the entrance ramp is pretty solid. Like the entranceway looks pretty good. They set up a pretty good screen, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, throw a little bit of lights on the crowd or get the crowd a little bit. I mean, just little stuff here or there. Hell, make the show so people can watch it. Like, come on, this it's it's just little things that they got to do here to just get above that hump and not just be, you know, it, it, it should, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling. It should look better than your run of the mill indie. I mean, I don't think it's that realistic or that hard of a thing to ask for. It's, it, it, it seems pretty realistic to do. So. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, so that's a real drawback right now. But so anyway, that was the show and then they had the taping the next day, but, um, I've got some results from that, but I'm not, I don't want to spoil anybody. I'm sure we have some people who watch strong. So, um, so there you go. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to the world of, uh, of, of British wrestling. Always a great scene with a lot of good stuff going on there. <laughs> the rest, but, uh, Jeez. one company is solid as fuck and we will always follow them, uh, at least for the, the time being, because they've been really, really good, uh, through the pandemic. They've been good, uh, in the years, you know, all through 2020, they were solid. 2021, they stayed good. Uh, in 2022, I've still enjoyed a lot. Uh, and this show in particular, uh, coming up this weekend, Epic Encounters 2022 from RevPro, uh, looks solid as hell. What day is this one on? This is on the 22nd. 22nd. Okay. Um, so, is, that a, is it streaming live? or Because no. Fight sometimes covers these. No, is this just going to be a... Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so this is just going to be on RevPro On Demand or whatever. So we'll be lucky to see it by the twenty eighth or 29th, yeah, probably. They're, they're, they tend to be a uh, little slow with getting those out, so hopefully they get them out pretty quick because I'll be itching to get uh, watching the show. But yeah, it's it's usually like, or it comes out like the best thing they do is like it'll come out like the day of the flagship. It's not their fault, like exactly, but it'd be nice yeah, to yeah. have the shows get up a little bit earlier. But uh, you know, well, I mean, you know, Rev Rev was the survivor man of this scene. They they you know this is going to be sold out or close to sold out. They put, from your call, know, by the way, which is always a great, your venue, call. great venue for They wrestling. put 1,000 people in your call last time for whatever they call their other big, what was it, high stakes maybe, whatever yeah. their last big show was. Um, and, you know, what they did was when the shit hit the fan with speaking out and COVID and everything, you know, they didn't, you know, 
they didn't pander. They didn't go over the top and pander and do like these bullshit codes of conduct that everybody knew were just horse shit. And they didn't, you know, they just stopped. They, you know, obviously stopped booking the shittiest people. And during the pandemic, they ran those uh, uh, no fans shows in that little venue and at the hotel. And they, they, had everybody tested for COVID and they made it a closed set. And a lot of people were, you know, in the heart of the pandemic were mad that they were running those shows, but they just didn't listen to the noise. They didn't pay attention. They just did their thing. They filmed their shows. They told people that they were safe. They were like, you either trust us or you don't, if you don't, it's whatever, we're just going to do what we do. And by all accounts, you know, they had everybody tested and it was a closed set. I was going to say, I don't think I heard of anything really going wrong with those at all. Nobody, I, I, to the best of my knowledge, got hurt. Nobody, to the best of my knowledge, start. I mean, they test everybody on the way in. There and was no COVID outbreak. Tell everybody was, to stay in know, the hotel, eat in the hotel. Let's run a week's worth of shows. We'll tape a week's worth of shows, and then you guys can leave and go do whatever you want afterwards. So, Yeah, so they just did their thing, and those shows, and we covered every one. Every of them. single one. Every match, every one. We were desperate, desperate for content at that time. So thank you. And, and it, those shows were so important because they they built and established all of their new stars. Ricky Knight Jr. and Callum Newman. And um, yeah, at the time, Giselle Shaw, and who they, you know, obviously have now lost. Um, and, and uh, you know, a little bit lower on the card, people like Luke Jacobs and but they introduced all these new faces and some of these people are working at the top of their cards now. And that was very smart. And they just kept their heads down and they, you know, of course they were getting a lot of noise because people, you know, the fans are obviously irate in that scene for a lot of different reasons, uh, justifiable, but they just did their thing and they have come out of this thing. You look at the state that progress is in, you look at the state that OTT is in, you look at the state of all these, you know, these just promotions that have died. Um, they are the last. They were the survivor, and they're the last one standing. And they're not just standing; they're thriving. Mm-hmm. They did it. They made it. And I thought it was a combination of being pragmatic and doing all of the right things to the best of their abilities, and taking criticism without being defensive about it, and just you know, thank you for your feedback, but we're doing what we're doing. And building new stars. And they should be commended. Because it's the only thing keeping that region alive at this point. It's the only thing going on that anybody gives a shit about. Or is willing to buy a ticket for. Or feels like it matters. And they did it. And you know we had a feeling at the time. That they were doing all the right things. When we were covering those shows. And they were. So good for RevPro. And now we have this uh, this, uh, Epic Encounter show. That feels like a vintage Rev Pro show with all of the imports. You got Minoru Suzuki coming in for this. You got Kylie Ray coming in for a one-off to challenge for the tag team. I assume a one-off. I, I assume she's going to lose, but who knows? You know, you got the Velocities coming in to wrestle Aussie Open, and we know they're going to have a, a disgustingly great match. So, and they're going to have a packed house and sell all of their tickets. So, good for them. Can't wait for this. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, I thought Rob Reed made a great point. You know, I was chatting with him earlier this week in uh, about this stuff. And 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 one thing that that may have helped them is is they were one of the few promotions in, in Europe that, you know, they didn't have kind of that same 
parasocial relationship with their fans, like everybody's buddies. And maybe people, maybe fans just don't feel as uh, sort of uh, burned by RevPro mm-hmm. as they felt, you know, by, by progress. Or when OTT comes back and they book the people that nobody wants on the shows. Or, you know, they feel like progress uh, really burned them by, you know, all the shit that was going on. In that, that, that is a really good point. Because, yeah, if, even if you watch Classic Rev Pro, it was basically just like you know, they just ran shows. You know what I mean? They didn't have a guy get oh, in the ring and say, we are all a community. We are all one. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's you got that with all those other things. It was like everybody in the building knew each other. Everybody in the building was friends with each other. Everybody in the building hung out after the show and before the show or whatever. And, and yeah, the, 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 the leaders of the company would come out and say, we're all one. And it's this is uh, yeah, we're all doing this together. And we're a team. And like, yeah, Rev Pro was just like, here's our show. You know, like it was in some ways kind of cold to the rest of the scene. But yeah, that's a very good point that they people don't feel as 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 burned by them that, that's that's a very very solid point yeah and it, it was just pro wrestling for pro wrestling fans and they didn't attempt to have these sort of and maybe that worked against them in real time because people didn't have that sort of uh feel at that yeah they felt kind of connection yeah they felt kind of cold at the time like yeah well you know there's there's yeah there's there's they no don't have that attachment connect- yeah yeah no right attachment or personal connection but now it kind of works in their favor because it's like no we're just a pro wrestling company and you know, you know, we went through all this shit like all you did, but we're not booking fucking Josh Bodum anymore. And, and here we are. and We're still just a pro wrestling company. So you take us or leave us. And people are taking it because they've done a nice job. So it's a flicker of hope in a region that's just cr- continues to crumble all around them. You know, so um, this is going to be a big time show. And the, the people, the, the ticket buying public has responded, in, you know, appropriately to this. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I, you know, so. Uh, we got Robbie X versus Luke Jacobs. Luke Jacobs, you know, he's talked about it a million times. It's just he's got to find his charisma. You know, he can go. He's just a guy who needs to find his charisma. And he's a young guy. Uh, let's see what Cage Match has an age on him. It doesn't. I would guess he's no older than like 22 or 23. Oh, he's got to be. Yeah, he's um, 23, under 23 for sure, right? I mean, he, he's a baby. Just got to um, find some charisma. That's all. Um, Robbie X, you know, he's a, a, a solid prelim guy in the company. And that's that's what he is. Uh, Ricky Knight Jr. versus Jeff Cobb. So again, you know they're bringing oh, in yeah. a Jeff That's Cobb awesome. for this. Yeah, and it's you know, and and Ricky Knight Jr. kind of out of the main event scene at least for this show, but you know he'll be back in it soon enough. Uh, twenty two. Luke Jacobs is twenty two. He was born in the year two thousand. Yeah. Disgusting as that is. Yeah, uh, the cruiserweight title, Oku versus Connor Mills. So those two guys, obviously tag team partners and all that. So um, then the women's title, we talked about that. Alex Windsor. Against Kylie Ray, uh, every time Rev Pro attempted to push a new woman's champion, they'd get signed by WWE. So <laughs> yeah. it kind of, but you know, Windsor's kind of been stable for for a while now, and I assume she's going to win that match. Uh, Aussie Open versus Velocities, and I'm sure Velocities is a big time match for them, so they're going to want to go out there and really kill it. Yeah, that and that Aussie, that has what's the floor on that match? Like four and a half, right? I mean, I've seen these two teams have match of the year caliber yeah, match. legitimate yeah. match of the year caliber so there's not uh, a whole lot of matches on the show so it feels like they're going to give those dudes a lot of time to go out there and kill it and and they uh they can do that so yeah i'm excited to see that and then will spray defends the title against minoru suzuki so ain't nothing wrong with that no crowd's gonna so, be way into that uh it, it might that match again like to to kind of get your expectations in, in line there's probably gonna be a lot of shtick in that match 
Uh, I doubt it's going to be, you know, an incredible back and forth type of match or, or something like that. But I don't know. I think it'll be the crowd's going to be molten hot for it. Osprey is going to be working a really good character. I, I don't think they're expecting that match to be, you know, they're, they're expecting Aussie Open and Velocities to be like the match of the night. Uh, but Osprey and, and Suzuki should be molten, molten hot. And, and Osprey, some of Osprey's best work over the last few years has been in Rev Pro. So I'm, I'm excited to see that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get the typical Suzuki indie match where he plays the hits or because it's a main event and it's a place that he's worked a lot and it's a title match. If, if we're going to get a, I don't know. I don't know. Cause you could be, you could be right. It's hard to but, say. Yeah. It's hard to say with, with, with him. You don't know. I mean, there's sometimes where like, you know, the Ishii Suzuki match from, from the new Japan show in Chicago, like he just went out there and, and he just beat the show of Ishii. It was just like, a, a Suzuki match a real from match. Classic New Japan. It was just a, cl- a real match. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because uh, Osprey can kind of get shtick heavy these days as well, and and it doesn't in the right ways. But yeah. uh, I could see this going. It, it, yeah, it could go a few different ways, and, and I'm not quite sure which way it's going to go. So I think they're going to have a classic world title match, which would rock if they do that. It's going to rock. I think in, that's in front of an insanely hot crowd. So that's you know, yeah, it, it looks like a hell of a show. So yeah, we will definitely be watching that. I know Eurograps Express. We have, I don't think I've mentioned it on the uh, flagship before, but we have a new British wrestling uh, uh, podcast hosted by Neil David uh, that is up there at uh, at the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Eurograps Express. Neil's done a great job with that so far. I've gotten some good reviews. It's obviously a very you know interesting system to you know interesting region to kind of cover. So it was like a thing where I was like, if you want to, man, like this, and, and uh, I think Neil's done a very very good job with it. But yeah, it is still a. Uh, it, it's you got to be very careful in that region, but I think Neil's done a great job of of doing so so far. There is still a lot of uh, of hurt feelings from all that happened, but uh, it, it's it's slowly rebuilding and he focuses on Rev Pro a lot because, like you said, and like what you started off the show, without Rev Pro, the scene is just a smoldering mass of nothing. You know what I mean? Like they have really kind of seen it through and are just kind of really the bash the, the last real bastions of this entire wrestling scene, which just got destroyed and a nuke got dropped on it and. Just yeah, just an absolute horrible wrestling scene for a lot of reasons. But uh, I think there's I think there's a lot to that theory that people feel like okay, they never fucking bullshitted us. Right, right. They just gave us pro wrestling. They, and, they said and, they were a pro wrestling company and they gave us pro wrestling. They stopped booking all the shitty guys. What more do we want out of these guys? You know what I mean? They didn't they didn't promise yeah. us anything that they didn't deliver, and they're not booking shitty people anymore. So it is what it is, you know. So yeah, yeah. And I, they I didn't try to and they didn't try to blow smoke up my ass by you know. Right. Oh, we have a new code of conduct, and here's our new leader. And everybody goes, "Wait, that new leader did this." And they're like, "Whoa, not right. that guy. No, this guy's our new yeah. leader." Like you know, how, how many times did progress do that over a year span? Of all right, sorry, sorry, sorry. Here's our code of conduct. Wait, what about this in your code of conduct? Oh, wait, we'll update the code of conduct. Sorry, one second. It was like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like code of conduct, code Rich. Of- I, I was shitting on those things when it wasn't fucking okay to shit because it's just such pandering nonsense. What does that mean? A piece of fucking paper? Is it even a piece of paper or is it just some I, words on the I fucking think internet? It's a word on the internet. Yeah, I think it was. A, it was a multiple tweet thread. Is all it was. So God, it means nothing, and people were kind of falling for that nonsense it's like ah, dude, who cares yeah. just you know it, it, code of conduct and then lost. on the other side ott is just like quietly trying to sneak like some of these yeah. guys onto their shows. hey i gotta tell you I, I this i have no problem with the way ot they're just booking these people and putting it in the hands of the consumer and the consumers are speaking yeah how can you even complain about that 
You know what I mean? Like, have they snuck anybody onto a show, or are they just... I th- I guess they've kind of told you that these are the people that are going to be on the show, and the, and, the, and the buying audience, by and large, has said, meh, we're not that interested in that, but uh, that's right. anyway, so... And um, you know what? That's how it should fucking work. Yeah. You know what? You want to put these guys on the show that your ticket-buying public are telling you, we don't want them on the show. You put them on the show, go right ahead. But then when you draw 80 people, that's what you get. You know? So, I mean... Unless they've been sneaking people on shows, and I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't. I, I use that term. I should not have. I don't know if they actually snuck people. I don't on. know it's, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. That that's a different animal. You can't be backdooring people onto the shows without advertising them. That you can't do. In fact, if I'm running a promotion anywhere in fucking the continent of Europe, I don't even. I don't do any surprise. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's fucking. Who's the squeakiest clean? I would not run a, any surprises. Yeah. You know, I would. This is what you're getting. You know, full disclosure. You have to at this point. But uh, anyway, we'll see when that show eventually gets uploaded, and uh, you know, we'll be able to watch it and review it. Yeah, we'll absolutely be reviewing it right away. Uh, Eurographs Express, I'm sure we'll, we'll be covering it as well, you know, David there. So, uh, yeah, uh, that is RevPro Epic Encounters. Uh, since we're in the uh, Europe, United Kingdom, let's talk about Wrestling Entertainment Series. This is not oh. a Mad Lib. Uh, everything I'm about to type and, and everything I'm about to read is real, okay? Are you ready, Joe? Yeah, I'm ready. The former Authors of Pain, now going by the name of The Legion of Pain, are starting a new wrestling company called Wrestling Entertainment Series, and it'll take place June 4th, their debut show, from the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, England. Now, Joe, were you confused wondering why Occam and Razor, the former authors of Pain, are running a show in England and running the wrestling company in England? Or did, or did that make sense to you? Makes no sense. Whatsoever. Good, because it doesn't make any sense to me. I try to look. I'm like, oh, well, they're pro- Occam is from Canada. <laughs> Razor is, uh, he was born in either Russia or Amsterdam. I'm not quite sure. He grew up in the Netherlands. He's been all over. Either way, I have no earthly idea why this is happening in the, in, in the UK. I No idea. If somebody has an idea... Feel free to let me know. I have absolutely no clue why Wrestling Entertainment Series is being based in England, and then all of the talent is, like, all-American-based talent. So I have no fucking idea why this thing is happening June 4th from the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, England, and apparently will also be on pay-per-view, but we don't know what pay-per-view or how or anything like that. So So bizarre. Ready for the card? I'm ready for the card. All right, so we have the free live pre-show. Thank God, the free live pre-show. Mike Bennett versus Biff Busick and Dirty Dango, a.k.a. or sorry, formerly known as Fandango versus formerly known as No Way Jose Levis Venezuela, Venezuela Jr. I don't know how to pronounce his. Uh, Man, I thought that guy was going to take off on the indies. That didn't happen. Remember, we were really wrong about that. Yeah, we told you when they released him, we're like, keep an eye on No Way Jose. Baby. He's got the size. He's got the look. And he, I think like when he got released, he had like, I'm going to prove them wrong tweets. And like that's usually yeah. the best way. And then he fucking never worked anywhere. <laughs> like, did he go he anywhere? Some, he filmed some vignette. And that didn't go. Oh, that's yet. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, "Oh, baby, let's go." And yeah, I don't. Did he work anywhere? I don't really. He did remember. one impact show as a surprise. Yeah, and I don't think he's done much of anything. I don't. I don't remember anything either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Get excited. Uh, so that is the free pre-show, and now on the main show, it's a doozy. We have formerly known as Mojo Rally versus Lince Dorado. All of uh, uh, 
Oh, uh, oh, oh, is it? oh, are they still calling themselves Razor and Acam? I they... do not know what the Legion of Pain are calling themselves these days, but yeah, the, the uh, FKA Akam and FKA Razor. All of their pals from NXT is basically yeah. This is show. NXT Triple A. This is Poppy NXT. Yeah, coming back to life here. But uh, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood versus Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. Killer Cross versus Samurai Del Sol, FKA Kalisto. It's like, yeah. People know him as Samurai Del Sol, too, but that's yeah. all right. Like, yeah. nobody knows, like, Dean Muhadi or whatever, you know what I mean? But, like, right. you have to say formally known as Mojo Raleigh. You can just say Samurai Del Sol. Like, most yeah. wrestling fans know who that is, but, you know, they're clearly going to a certain demographic, so I get it. Um, well, Rich, what about the casual fan? Yes, yeah, the that's casual fan who goes, Samurai Del Sol, ah, who is that? Uh, versus Jonah, FKA Bronson Reed. So. Okay, so this show is insanely expensive, number one. Yes. Who is washing I, money for this? Like, what's I going know, on here? I, I was told Callisto's price. Now, Rich, think in your head, but don't say it out loud. An expensive price for Callisto, and tell yes. me when you have it in your head. Um, like, what would be an expensive expensive price for, for him to work like an indie shot, like an American yeah. indie shot? One indie shot. Okay, yeah. Have it, it in your head. Yeah. The real number is twice as high. <laughs> I don't even need to know what it is. The real number in your head is twice as high. Well, I will tell you this. So he got released. His last WWE match was on eleven uh, November of twenty. Uh, sorry. Uh, of April of 2021, a, a Friday yeah. Night SmackDown, WrestleMania SmackDown. Remember WrestleMania SmackDown? I do. Uh, okay, and then uh, November of 2021. That's a pretty big gap there, but hey, you know what? Took some time off, healed up his body, uh, does an episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, December 2021 does a Triple Mania show, one of the many Triple Mania shows. Yep. Then uh, takes four months off, uh, does a, a show in St. Louis. Then takes a little time off uh, in May. He wrestles at uh, BIP or B exclamation point P. I have no idea what it is. And then in May, uh, he wrestles for the crash. That is one, two, three, four, five shows uh, since his last WWE appearance, April of 2021. So Yeah, and yeah. one was AEW and one was AAA. Right. I mean, so that so tells you, tells you yeah, what his price. It's, it's insane. The price. <laughs> I'm going to text it to you. Text right, let's let's see. I'm gonna see how close I was to it. Yeah, let's see. I got my phone right now. So. Guarantee you, it's double. Because I had I had a price. Yeah. In mind. All right, here we go. There you go. Take your time. Oh, you got it. I sent it. You're just waiting on it. That's that's exactly double. Exactly <laughs> double. It's exactly double to what I thought. <laughs> And the one I thought was like ludicrous. Like that's the one that like you call him and you're like, ah, dude, we can't yeah. do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I told you think of a high price. <laughs> right. The one that I thought of, they were like, like somebody might, like a real money mark might be like, ah, you know what? Yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we're pretty low. Like this looks like a decent show. Yeah. We'll do that. But like, yeah, you, you're, you're run of the mill, like established American indie is going to hear that price and go, dude, we can't, you know, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. But then he's oh, double he's, that. <laughs> he's double that price. Which... Double. I told you it'd be du- that. It's incredible. It's, it's exactly I told you it'd be double to what I thought my price was. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, could you? Uh, now you know why he never gets booked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I uh, good. That's a guy. I'm glad he got five of those bookings. That's not bad. So all right. I mean, I you know I you know what the thing? There's no way AEW gave him that money. That that. Total. Oh no no no. 
he, I guarantee he took a discount to, to get back on TV and, and a chance at a contract. Right. That's why I say like the AAA and the AEW, like that shouldn't count. Right. The, the random St. Like Louis random show, team. the B yeah. exclamation point P that. Yeah. Those unless dudes pay gave, that. Yeah. Unless he knows those guys and gave him the brother, brother discount. Mm. I, you know, so I don't know, yeah. but that's the man's price. Uh, the Legion of Pain, FKA, uh, the authors of Pain, versus Weston Blake and Steve Macklin, FKA, the Forgotten Sons. So in case you forgot the Forgotten Sons, they let you know that Weston Blake and Steve Macklin were the Forgotten Sons. Not the one ranting, raving, and spelling things wrong. <laughs> no, not that MAGA, Not yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, that Forgotten Son is, has been very forgotten by everybody. So. Not the MAGA guy. All right, no, got it. No, right. no, uh, What was that one's name? Um... Jackson Riker, Jackson Gunner. Riker, yeah, yeah, Gunner, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, Gunner, yeah. Both Gunners now canceled. Didn't the other Gunner get canceled too? I think both Gunners are canceled. <laughs> sure, go with that. different things. Yeah. Um, who boy, a match that is actually being booked and being presented to you, uh, a potential paying customer, C.J. Perry, FKA Lana, versus the former Nia Jax, Lena Fenei. How do you pronounce her name? I don't. Uh, I, I got this because I studied up. It's yeah. FKA Nia Jax. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. In the yeah. uh, prestigious, the prestigious WES Women's World Championship match will be on the line there in Lana versus Nia Jax. How bad is that match going to be? <laughs> oh, God. Especially when they're, like, they're not regularly working. Like CJ isn't out there, you know, working indies. Nia sure as shit isn't doing anything. So, yeah, these are going to be two people that haven't worked in. I mean, Lana, when's the last time Lana worked? Like, Two years ago, three years ago at this point. Lana just rolled out a, um, just as we were doing this show, she rolled out a website I, and she's skipping the middleman. It's it's an OnlyFans kind of thing, but okay. it's her own site. Yeah, good for her. Ah, she's going to rake it in and she doesn't oh, yeah. have to pay OnlyFans a cut. Yeah, she's so. going to kill it. So. Yeah. There you go. CJ Perry. Congratulations to CJ Perry. Yeah. But uh, Sex work is work. Okay, what what's next? Um, And then... Your main event. Third hour. Yes. Your main event. Adam, the Titan Shearer, FKA right. Braun Strowman. Right. Versus no FKA. It is the pro wrestling debut of Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Not a, not a joke. S- nope. So now I'm interested. Now I, my interest is peaked here. WES World Championship match as well. Overeem, I don't know what he's done to deserve a wrestling entertainment series world championship match, but he's getting one here on the debut show. Alistair Overeem versus the Titan Adam Shear. Or Man's Adam former, the Titan Shear. I'm sorry. Man's a former strike force world heavyweight champion. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that gets you into the championship picture in world and wrestling entertainment series. I mean, come on. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna be yoked up or are we getting are we getting like because I want that one. How does he look these days? I don't I don't know. Is he is he still Overeem? Is he still that one? Is he still that boy? Or is I mean, there was that time where UFC was like, hey, we gotta test you, pal, and then he showed up and he was He's not Alistair Overeem, you know what I mean? Like he, I don't know what you're implying, but he never... <laughs> Has he, he ever tested positive or no? Am I, am I insinuating something that has never occurred? He's a man who just eats horse meat, and that keeps him very, uh, very thick and cut. And I don't know what you're implying, sir, but any test failures were just a misreading of a label on a supplement. Yeah, he didn't know what and, he was taking. Uh, his, his, his trainer gave it to him, I'm sure. So. He fought last February... A loss to Alexander Volkov, who sounds like a heel in Mid South in 1983. <laughs> um, 
so I don't know. I mean, you know, he got knocked out in that one, round two. I don't know how he's going to look. He's 42. I, I just want, I just want to. Uh... He's always looked the part. I, mean, he, I was going to say, he looks like a million bucks. So this could be, I mean, I'm fascinated to watch it for sure. Yeah. He seemed like a guy who, who probably could have pounced on it a little bit earlier, but, it, you know, there's no reason to when you were, you know, actually a good fighter for a lot of times. So, yeah. You know, he lasted in UFC for a lot longer than I thought, 10 years in UFC. Yeah, because, well, he did, like, pride even before that, right? He was around for, he fought for a well, long time, if I remember Yeah, correctly. he was a holdout. Like, he, yeah, he did a lot of, like, uh, well, he was in Strike Force right before UFC, and he did a lot of Japanese stuff, like, remember Dream, which rose from the ashes of pride? And, yeah. Um. You know, a lot of K one stuff, and 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 the idea was, you know, he would dominate in some of these groups. And I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. And the idea was, everyone kind of knew if he came to UFC, you know, uh, the house of cards might might crumble, you know, because he was beaten up on. You know, they'd get him in there, and you know, I'm looking now, just blast from the past, people I haven't thought about in years, like like Brett Rogers and James Thompson and and uh, Tony Sylvester and people like this. And, um, you know, he came to UFC and I, I, you know, he actually, you know, he was barely a 500 fighter, but he lasted a lot longer than I thought he would. He lasted like 10 years. So he'd win a couple in a row and get some momentum and then someone would knock him out. You know, he was, um, but you know, overall he had a, you know, I'd call it a, a legendary MMA career. I mean, you know, he was, uh, for a while there. He was the great non-UFC hope for all the people who hated UFC during that era. You know, I think, the- yeah, because I obviously been kind of a loose fan, but I do remember him being like the last bastion for Strike Force and the and the real MMA fans that were just like, ah, oh, no, Strike Force is where the real <laughs> you know the real fighters are. And then by yeah. 2011, yeah, you kind of had to get get the ghost up on that, right? Uh, once he came into UFC, I mean. You know, and then he started losing fights. I mean, it was, you know, but he was the guy where all of the anti UFC people, you know, the Strike Force fans and people like that were like, you know, uh, he was like their, their, their great hope because he had won. He, you know, he went like three, four years for a while there without losing the fight. And, um, yeah, in UFC, he was basically, you know, based on his win loss. Now, I stopped following MMA around that time. But just looking at his win-loss and looking at the people he beat and the people he lost to, he was essentially an average heavyweight in UFC. Uh, I see here on uh, December 31st, 2009 at Dynamite, (laughs) exclamation point, exclamation point. He won, yeah, yeah. The Power of Courage, 2009, KO, knee, one minute, 15 seconds, Kaz Fujita. So hopefully... Yeah, so I'd like, he would, I'd like he to would, see him recreate that. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, he would kill guys like that, you know, because Japan, it's more about, you know, uh, yeah, there's more freak show kind of stuff and things like that. But, um, freak you show, know, and he, and he, <laughs> he talking about it. Okay. And he got That's booked with a lot of a lot of cans in his day, but he was it was like, um, or he would get booked with big name guys who were on the way down. That would, you know, he had a couple instances of that, but, uh, and he was obviously fucking juiced to the gills. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, he, yeah, there's some pictures of him. If you look up Alistair over me, it's like a different human. It's like, what? That, that guy is not human. Like, what is in that man's body? It's just, it's fucking absurd, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, no one's tested him now. <laughs> I don't, yeah. What's the testing policy of wrestling entertainment series? <laughs> So we'll see what he looks like when he gets in there with the uh, the, Titan. the Titan. Yeah, 
So Adam the Titan Shear. So yeah, I'm, I'm what excited. a bizarre show. I mean, it's very strange. Fucking- I still don't know why it's happening in the UK. Uh, again, if anybody has any clue why this thing is happening in the UK, uh, that'd be great to know. I I don't. All these talents, like who is U- UK based here? The Titan well, is all. You got to fly them all in. They're yeah, all going to be expensive. Saying. None like, of them are show in cheap. Nashville. Like you got CJ Perry and Nia Jax and. Weston and Steve Macklin and Killer Cross and Samurai Del Sol and Jonah, who's in America a lot of time, Madison Raid, Tennille Dashwood. It's like half impact and then half like old NXT people. Like all these people live in Florida and Nashville. What are you doing? Like, why is this show taking place in the UK? Why is this taking place in Nottingham, England? What are you doing? But, uh, all right. Yeah. And he, you know, it's maybe they live there. I don't know. Uh, well, I do have something that is going to get you interested in the wrestling entertainment series. Jonathan Coachman will be on commentary. So, oh. All right. So uh, cancel your plans for <clears throat> June 4th. <laughs> I got to tell you, that doesn't get me excited. Doesn't get you oh. excited. Okay. Well, no. So maybe something else will. Neither does Ric Flair coming back. Yeah. Ric Flair is having his last match, Joe. This is it. This is it. Uh, he has his heartfelt goodbye from WWE at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. I love you. Shawn Michaels super kick. Ric Flair's in tears. It's all over. Uh, then he throws it all away for one final weird TNA run. And then he does finally have his match. Uh, his final match, September 12, 2011, against Sting on an episode in Impact. So I guess it's fitting that it was against Sting, but not so fast because from the desk of Fight TV, we have Joe on J- uh, July 31st at 6.05 p.m. Eastern Time, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, who many consider the greatest professional wrestler of all time, is set to return to the ring one final time as part of, quote, Jim Crockett Promotions presents Ric Flair's last match wrestling event, taking place at the world-famous Nashville Fairgrounds, the former 16-time former, uh, sorry, the 16-time former World Heavyweight Champion, will don a new custom-made robe and bring the one-of-a-kind showmanship that has made Flair a cultural icon over his 40 years in the professional wrestling business. Quote, I'm going to walk that aisle one last time to prove once and for all that to be the man. You've got to beat the man, said Flair. Under the banner of Jim Cocker Promotions, Ric Flair's last match will be produced by Athusio, a thriller company, and will be streaming worldwide exclusively on Fight. Ticket for, tickets for Ric Flair's last match will go on sale Friday, May 27th uh, at rickflairslastmatch.com. Pre-ordering the event on Fight will also go live 12 p.m. on May 27th. So Flair's opponent, as well as the rest of the card, will be announced at a later date. Uh, Ricky Steamboat did say, nah, not me. It's not going to be me. So it is not going to be Ricky Steamboat involved. But uh, we do not know anything else uh, for Ric Flair's last match. But, Joe, you will not be watching uh, on voicesofwrestling.com slash fight on, uh, on, on July 31st at 6.05 Eastern. Rich, ask me if I care about this at all. Do you care about uh, Ric Flair one last time walking the aisle to prove once and for all that he is uh, to be the man you have to beat the man? Not even a hint of curiosity. Uh, he's going to be having a custom-made robe, though, Joe. Does that change anything? God, I just don't give a shit. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, care. don't care. I don't care about Ric Flair wrestling at 70 years old. I don't care about some Four Horsemen reunion where nobody will say anything interesting. I don't care about StarCast. I, ne- I just I can't get into this shit. I don't fucking care yeah and people like love this just, stuff though people God, love this they stuff do, they like, love it totally blanchard's it. gonna do a a, a live q a and it's sold out you're like, like what the fuck like, yeah fantastic who are these people like oh totally uh when you were in wwf oh, like, god i don't care <laughs> like, okay. god uh well yeah star it's, it's all part of starcast five and starcast with the the heel turn here 
deciding they are going to break away from the, from, you know, piggybacking on all elite wrestling shows and instead going to piggyback on SummerSlam in Nashville. Great. So. Fantastic. Please. <laughs> so, uh, Starcase, uh, Starcast has become the destination event for the discerning pro wrestling fan, right. uh, the home of some of the most honest, off-the-cuff conversations and moments that need to be seen to be believed. Need to be seen to be believed. Rich, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> yes. I'm dead serious. I, don't, don't, don't do it as a bit. I'm going to ask you a question and yeah. answer it honestly. Do you recall one Starcast moment that you have never forgotten because it was just it? It's the only place you could hear it, and it was just a, a transcendent. Do you do you recall? Not one? a one, not a one. Yeah, I, I I was taken aback that they've been five of those. I didn't remember three through four for sure. I I don't. Don't know if I remember two, to be honest. There might but. be some big moment we're missing. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Was the Tom McGee Bret Hart thing at a Starcast? Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Was that a Starcast? It was. Yeah. All right. But throw do you that remember there. that forever? Like, is that etched in your in the in the yeah, annals of that, time? I think that was, I'd call that a big deal. Okay. And then the match got unearthed. You know. Other than that, I I couldn't tell you a thing that's ever occurred at a Starcast that I, that has resonated with oh. me and with me over the years it has off the cuff moments and whatever the hell the other thing was so, i mean yeah. look if you're into this stuff great i, I mean you couldn't pay me i i know you it could you could pay us voices wrestling.com slash fight if you were into this shit uh make sure you order at voices wrestling.com slash fight then... well they could pay me but they wouldn't pay us so we did something else for that one week yeah that's, that's true there's some voices of wrestling lore there's some lore. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. no, I, I just, it's not my thing. I don't know. I just never been. I mean, they wanted us to pay them, but <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people got, you know, sucked into that. <laughs> Joe, I got, I got something new for you, um, which I appreciate. Got? This is just promotion. So I, I like it. So, okay. Yeah. After a three and a half year hiatus, Starcast, the wild, wildly popular pro wrestling fan fest is back and ready to rock the Music City, okay? Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Often called, quote, the Woodstock of professional wrestling. Oh, for God's sake. Who has ever called? Who has ever called? Starcast, the, woods, the Woodstock. Woodstock, like the, one of the most important cultural events in... Come on. In history. Fucking in Christ almighty. History. The Woodstock... Not a single person has ever said that. wrestling, yeah. That, whoever typed that was the first person to ever say that. <laughs> ever say the Woodstock. Come on. Professional wrestling. Again, if you're into it, fine, but come on. I, yeah. you, you, come on. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. Now, well, if they're, if they're in town for SummerSlam, I can't wait for, like, the, the Eric Bischoff versus uh, Bruce Pritchard face-off as the yeah. big, oh, yeah, yeah. big, big attitude era. Yeah. Eric yeah. fires back. <laughs> yeah. God. You'd have to tie me to the fucking chair. <laughs> I, who could do who? Who wants to listen to it? God. The same stories over My over. world with Jeff Sharon talking about the time that he held Vince McMahon up for money. <laughs> the same stories. The same lies have been retold a million times now, let alone the same stories. <laughs> Uh, I just have no time or use for it. I just couldn't care less. Well, uh, I mean, you know, you get Ole Anderson up there. I, you know what? I have some morbid curiosity if they can get Ole and he just sits up there I with his arms folded. I don't think they're going to get Ole. I don't think they're going to get Ole. He just has his arms folded and he just curses at everyone. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just grunts the whole time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Oli's showing up, but um, yeah, maybe. What the fuck you think I did? I was doing business. What the fuck you think I did? <laughs> he just curses at all the fans under his breath. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I, I just don't care at all. Voice of the Rest of the Fight. Make sure you order it uh, that weekend. It's be... <laughs> After that hard sell, how can <laughs> it's people? It's gonna resist? be great. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be great. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so we are over time. So, but we only have we're done. We only have one more topic I wanted to get to briefly, yeah. briefly here. It is uh, update on Shijiro Otani. Uh, the latest is not great. Uh, he is still unable to move his body from the neck down, so that uh, is not encouraging. Uh, what is it? Almost a month after uh, the accident, so yeah, things not looking good uh, as far as I mean, he's gonna live. And that's I guess the good part. It's not like life threatening or anything like that, but. Uh, uh, the part of not being able to move his body from the neck down is, is is definitely not encouraging in any way, shape, or form. So that that's absolutely sucks. And uh, on June 4th, they're going to do a benefit show uh, hosted by Pro Wrestling Zero One. Uh, it's going to be in Tokyo. It's going to be Segura versus Masato Tanaka. Uh, a lot of, I mean, it's a star-studded affair. I mean, there's there's a lot of dudes. Yuji Nagata is going to show yeah, up. Togi yeah. Makabe showing up. Uh, Tomiaki Hanma showing up. Omori. Uh, Yoshitatsu, Fujita. I mean, it's people from every company. Marufuji. Now, Fuji is going to be there. Yeah, you got you Koji got, Kanamoto being Koji Kanamoto. Off. Yeah, Aja Kong uh, showing up as well. A lot of like classic Joshi. Like pretty much, yeah. yeah anybody, any, a lot of names from any little company is represented here. So uh, it's going to be a hell of a show to check out. Uh, and hopefully, they uh, they're able to raise a bunch of money and and get things going. I know they're also doing something. I think it's a T-shirt right now as well. That if you buy this T-shirt, all the proceeds are going to uh, Otani. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's a rough road uh, ahead for him, and 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 yeah, it's um, I'm I'm very much guessing this man will never get in the ring again. But at this point, you're just hoping that he can walk. He may again. never walk again. Yeah, we, so. we, uh, ring, who cares? Uh, we, we definitely just want him to be able to, to walk again for sure. So, thanks. Yeah, but yep. That, I think this will do well, though. I think yeah, do yeah. Well. Hopefully, I mean, it's a, it's a really cool card, and we, we'll, we'll maybe get to it a little bit closer. But I mean, it is. Pretty awesome. Unfortunately, I think Kano is probably gonna. I think Kano is gonna do the job to a like Kendo Kashin or something. We have Koji Kanemoto beat Kano on that show just to. Yeah, you know. Got to play a little bit of politics. I can't, you know. Well, I mean, that's it. Fujita. There's a fucking Fujita's great team. Not laying down, so. There's a great team. Kano, Manabu Soya, Tadasuke, and High Sixty Nine. I'm in, man. Look at that team. Fuck yeah. Hiroki. Yes. We we've, we've been schooled on that. Well, I don't want to be schooled anymore. You have to say Hiroki. Taru, Chris Vice showing up. Chris Vice, yeah. Well, yeah. it's zero one, so yeah, yeah. Should be a fun show, but yeah, Segura and Tanaka. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Segura is a little lighter <laughs> this night. Maybe. maybe leave the apron soup, uh, the uh, the corner suplexes alone for this night. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that show a little bit more as we get closer. I don't. Is that? Is, it's not streaming. Is it streaming anywhere? I don't know if that is. I don't know anything about the streaming or anything. I have any clue. I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere, so we'll uh, we'll watch it when it does pop up. So uh, that is it for us. So we are out of time. Uh, that is Joe. I am Rich. Voicesofwrestling.com for all the reviews and previews that we talked about. Flagshippatreon.com for our bonus stuff. $5 tier, $10 tier. Uh, also a $1 tier if you want to try us out as well. Flagshippatreon.com. As we implore you, subscribe today. If you're going to listen to the Double or Nothing Live Instant Reaction, which you should because it's going to be great. And it's going to be very fun. If you're going to do that anyway, you may as well subscribe now. Subscribe to the $10 tier now. Get the most value for your subscription uh, so that when you do listen to the Instant Reaction Live, you will have had weeks of other content to listen to before that. And then you can cancel immediately after if you want to. If you feel like you're not getting the value, you just want to double or nothing, that's fine. That's okay. But make the most value here. Do not subscribe the day of because you're only going to get one day 
uh, worth of content. So that is at flagshippatreon.com, uh, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as voiceswrestling.com slash Discord as well if you want to join uh, the conversation. But anyway, that is Joe. I am Rich, and we'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care.